Hey, this is Sheik Akbar Shabazz, and you're listening to Wrestling POV Global. Hey, folks, welcome back to another edition of WPOV Global. I'm your very Canadian host, the legend you better take off, eh? <laughs> T. James Logan. With me, my co-host, the, if there ever was a keener, I've never met more than We're talking about the gentleman, Elio Canella, and a guy who could probably sit back and do a 2-4 in a blink of an eye. We're talking about the lone wolf, Andy Anderson. Guys, welcome to the show. Beauty, What's going eh? on, eh? Now, you know what? People have uh, made fun of us for talking too Canadian today, and we're, we're not going to get into you, but it's got our toques riled up. You know what? We threw out our double-doubles. We got off the Chesterfield. We're going to drink pop till our eyeballs pop out. We're going to start you... chucking loonies and toonies, eh? Oh, take off, eh? Don't talk like it's that. It's especially really bad when it's when one of them is like a wannabe Canadian, eh? I think he's just jealous because he doesn't have our natural kind of way we talk, eh? Uh, he's just jealous that I got the new uh, ZZ Top album and didn't share it with him. <laughs> what a guy. Anyhow, guys. <laughs> what a back. hoser. What a hoser. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, the funniest word. Okay, you know what? I'm going to give all you American people, yes, toque is a really strange word. And it is a word we use a lot. But I'm going to be honest. Um, I don't think I've ever in real life have ever called anyone a hoser. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been called a hoser. And I don't think I've ever heard anyone actually call anyone a hoser oh. unless they were making jokes on like a satirical television show. So hoser is not a real thing, guys. Okay. It was made up on a TV show. Oh, listen to CJ. It's a real thing. Back in You're- the it was not. I grew up. I'm older than you. I was there. I was there too. And trust yeah, me, was hoser was head. used. Yeah, in your own head, Daddy. No, no. <laughs> the hosers, the dukes, the two fours, the beauty, eh? No, all the, those guests. I got a jelly donut, eh? <laughs> it's my last donut. It's a jelly. Two four. I didn't even realize the two four. I just assumed that would be like straight across that Americans would get that too, you know, like 24 yeah. beers, a two four, but or Mickey. Yeah. I thought Mickey would be another thing, you know, but it has a slightly different meaning down in the States. Well, anyway, folks, we're just yabbering on Canadian. We digress. We, Sorry, we eh? digress. Sorry. <laughs> hey, back off, eh? Sorry. Anyways, <laughs> Sorry, we're Canadian. Sorry. <laughs> Today, we uh, have a very eventful uh, global. We're going to be talking some AEW wrestling. But before we get into that stuff, we're going to get into our regular polls and some of our stuff talking about uh, what's going on in the world of professional wrestling. Um, I'm going to say uh, I'm still am... You know, as blown away as, as much as I didn't like all the dancing crap that AEW did, I mean, that is nothing compared to the who shot JR bullshit that happened on a- Impact last week. And this week, apparently the just nonsense is going on. And I don't know. I, I Like I said, I don't mind funny things in wrestling. But the things that make me feel embarrassed to show other people wrestling, and that is definitely it. Okay. Um I, I guess maybe I'm just an old grouchy man telling you kids to get out of my yard, but uh, I don't need uh, murder mystery in my wrestling. Okay, sorry, don't need it. Don't mind stories. Well, Andy, do you need murder mystery? Do we need to know who shot so and so? Like, really? Is this? No. Uh, you know? <laughs> no, I, I, you know what? I get it. They're trying stuff. I think right now, I mean, these are mm-hmm. unprecedented times in our world. Uh, mm-hmm. You know. 
for the Americans. It's uncertain times right around with the election and nobody knows what's going on. You know, WWE started doing cinema style matches and other stuff. And now AEW is doing the uh, Family Guy, Blues Brothers, musical interludes. So Impact, why not try something, throw it against the wall, see what sticks. You know, it might it might get talked about. If it gets talked about, I guess, you know, that's kind of the old uh, any press is better than no press kind of thing. But uh, it, it doesn't do anything for me. Well, you know what? It uh, In all seriousness here, and I'm not talking about Lance Storm, but in all seriousness here, um, I just like to say, like, there's just the thing. Like, we got the guys, some of the guys, you know, at WPOV, Rick's around the third, thought that uh, that it was really fun, the, the song and dance number. And I'm not going to lie. It was a funny song, and it was a funny bit, and it was a funny skit, and it had good words and choreography. And they had and, talent. And everything. It was talented. Right. But... I didn't turn on uh, Who's Got Talent or America's Got Talent or SCTV or SNL or any bullshit like that. I turned on professional wrestling. It's the same reason why I don't turn on SNL and then get excited when a wrestling match for breaks out in it. It's not what we're there for. So you know what? As fun as it was, guys, go get your own little goofy ass um, TNT Monday nights. Isn't that what they used to call that show? Monday Tuesday Night, night Titans. Titans. No, no, Tuesday, Tuesday Night Titans. Tuesday Night Tuesday Titans. Night. Remember? They had all that goofy shit. Well, maybe that's where that stuff's for, but it's not. Or maybe put that on AEW Dark. Oh, I think it's still on right now. Last week's episode is still running. Anyhow, <laughs> they're on match 874. Anyhow, <laughs> first of all, I want to talk about an incident um, we talked about just really briefly as we were coming on to uh, the show uh, with Kylie Ray, uh, professional wrestler Kylie Ray, who uh, was scheduled to appear on the last uh, Bound for Glory. And uh, she was scheduled. She's the number one contender for the last probably nine months. She finally gets her title shot against Deanna Perosa. And I think it was, you know, you get that feeling like, okay, this is Kylie's chance. She's going to become the world champion. And, and that was pretty much felt like in the cards. And then a lot of people were very surprised. It felt like an almost last minute swerve here where they introduced her. They didn't say she wasn't going to be on the card. They introduced her. They played her music. Then nothing happened. And then they substituted her. The substitution wins the belt. And you're all sitting around going, what the hell was that about? Well, then the next day, Kylie Ray puts on Twitter that she is no longer a professional wrestler. That she feel she actually used the words in there that she is not well at the moment. And that... Um, she would uh, ask for privacy, but she uh, wanted to apologize to her Patreon people uh, who had paid for their subscription, uh, you know, and that there wouldn't be any content coming and, and uh, that she was done as a professional wrestler. Now, it makes you wonder what the heck happened there. As far as I've been able to tell, I've been doing some digging with sources. Uh, most of the things I heard, and maybe this will be refuted and changed, maybe something else will come up. But at this moment, the word on the street is that uh, she was suffering extreme bouts of anxiety. And just prior to this, her first world title match and, and possibly win here, she was so emotionally unprepared to, to, to go through with any of this that she removed herself. Now, Andy, I know you've uh, worked with a ton of guys over your career. And I know sometimes along the way, you have probably seen people suffer extreme anxiety backstage uh, before going on to things, whether they be a young guy just starting, get, getting his feet wet or or even just a veteran who just feels maybe he doesn't have it now. He's lost his confidence. But how common is this in the world of professional wrestling, Andy? Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure. I mean, for times that back in my day, uh, 
you know what? I honestly can tell you that I, I don't think I saw it that much, uh, at least not to that severity. You know, there's there's a degrees where guys get pre-match jitters, um, you know, whether it's a big match or they're going to try something they're not sure they're going to be able to do or maybe they're not used to working in front of a larger crowd. Um, you know, I, I a lot of guys will tell you, especially a lot of the, the, the veterans, a little bit of jitters is good. You know, if, if you don't have that little bit of a you know, maybe a little bit of butterflies or a little something before you walk through that curtain, eh, mm-hmm. maybe you shouldn't be doing that. Um, off the top of my head, though, I, I, of course, not to say that it doesn't happen, but I, I, I can't really speak to a lot of experiences where I've seen, again, the severity of that. Like, mm-hmm. even for me, um, the closest that I can recall where, you know, like the, the, the kind of nerves would get up would be before, you know, doing like a, a match for WWE or, or WCW. Cause I was able to do a few of those. And for me, and I, I maybe a lot, maybe a lot of the guys and the girls in the business can relate. You can kind of have those kind of jitters. You can have those feelings, but once you step through that curtain, mm-hmm. it's almost like that switch goes off and you're in show mode and, and that's it. And, uh, I mean, obviously that's not, not the case here. It sounds like there's, there's a lot, a lot more to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe I mean, some I, underlying issues we're not privy to. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, all you can do is it's, it's commendable for her at the end of the day. I mean, you know, other, other shows that we've done and, um, we talk about, you know, if you're not comfortable doing something, don't mm-hmm. do it. And, uh, this is a perfect example. I mean, you have to look after your health first, whether it's the uh, physical, mental, emotional health and, uh, you know, obviously disappointing, but at the same time, good honor. And all you can do is just, uh, hope, hope, hope for the best for her and and wish that she can uh, recover and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, come back from this, whether I'm not even saying, you know, come back to the ring, just come back as an individual, as a person. Emotionally, yeah. Yeah, emotionally, mentally, uh, whichever, that she can come back uh, better better than she was before. Now, I guess I guess um, what I was trying to look for, too, in the question I asked you was um, not just, okay, perhaps you may not have seen it to that severity a lot, but you can probably, can you understand uh, how easy it is to get overwhelmed like that in these sort of situations? Is, is it is it that far removed to that somebody could actually like, you know, lose their, their guts before a match? Um, can you understand it? Uh, or not you personally, but yeah, I mean, I was, I was to see say, to the degree, to see, see the degree of other people who you see compete in and, and, and get, and maybe they get over their jitters, but you can see that, you know what, that person is really close to not getting over that jitters or I can see them easily taking that step too far. I, yeah, I, I could see it. Um, when I say I can understand it, mm-hmm. again, I can't say that to personal experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for me, for someone that, that always wanted to do this and loved doing it, mm-hmm. and it was kind of, you know, back in my younger days when I was kind of all in for it, uh, you know, it's it almost the opposite. Like even with a little bit of jitters, these are the opportunities. You wanted those opportunities. You wanted to be out there. So from that personal firsthand uh, experience, mm-hmm. I, I can't say that I can identify okay. with what she's doing. But, um, 
you know, bear in it, mind, bear in mind too, Andy, uh, Kylie Ray had only been wrestling for like a couple of handful of years and now she's being thrust into the world's yeah, women's so maybe, maybe, maybe she wasn't ready for it, but at the same time, like, so mm-hmm. people can relate. It can be anything. I mean, it can be, you know, first day of school. It can be first day in mm-hmm. a new job. You might be moving from a new city, like anything like that. Like meeting I, Andy Anderson. Exactly. Is just as compare. I think it could be just as comparable as, as mm-hmm. to, to what she's going through. So yeah. I, I think on, on, you know, we don't even have to keep it just within the, the spectrum of professional wrestling. I, I think, I mean, especially when you talk about mental health, that, that, mm-hmm. that can be, can be anything. And, and I guess the point here too, we're trying to, to really get out here is uh, you'll hear us uh, really get down on certain wrestlers uh, for their performances before the way they act, the way they do things, but that's not an indictment in that person. Uh, when we say, uh, for example, Matt Jackson is probably one of the worst actors I've ever seen trying to wrestle. Um, and I and I say I hate it and it's horrible. It doesn't mean I hate Matt Jackson. I obviously think he's a brilliant guy. He wouldn't be where he was if he didn't wasn't as as brilliant as he is. But in this context of that, it's terrible. And what I we're trying to say is, is people suffer from all sorts of things. You can play a good guy, bad guy. We've talked about how the good guys tend to be sometimes jerks and the bad guys tend to be the quiet, nice guys. Um, so it's really easy to think, well, what the hell? Kylie, Kylie Ray's this girl who, you know, she, she's done all these things. She's a fitness model. She should be all more prepared. But we don't know what goes on behind people's things. And it's very easy for, um, for mental, and I'm not going to say problems, because it's not saying like she's got a problem, but we all have issues that pop up in our life that hold us back and we each have different degrees of reacting to it and unfortunately she had a problem being in a high profile time in a high profile area and now it's become a talking point because it's when somebody who's that in the front spotlight falls well everyone talks about it and uh, I guess all of us we've talked about this me and Andy have talked about this and I know me and Elio have talked about this is a actual psychology of ourselves of what we go through in everyday life and how sometimes it's a struggle and as much as we try and be snotty and snarky and funny and whatever the truth of the matter is we're all human beings exactly and uh and like i said i went in expecting kylie ray to be the new champion i ask elio i have not done nothing but thrown love at kylie ray since the moment i saw her wrestle she's uh, been wrestling she made her debut in 2016 so four years Four years in which COVID, that means what? Maybe three? Yeah. <laughs> so, well, it's still even four years. I mean, that's one of the things. I yeah. mean, and I don't know her, but, you know, mm-hmm. speaking from what I can see from, from a local local level, when people say, oh, yeah, I've been in the in the business for four years. But that yeah. means you wrestle once or twice a month. So yes. you might only have 50 or 60 mm-hmm. matches in yeah. four or five years. So, eh. And you're being generous by saying 50 sometimes. <laughs> yeah. That, very, very. <laughs> So, but I guess the point is, um, it's a sad thing. We had to mention it because it's out there. People are questioning what the heck's going on. But the fact is, all of us here at WPOV Global, just we understand this sort of thing. We understand that wrestling is wrestling and reality is reality. And you can't judge the wrestler for reality. And People uh, are people. Yeah. So, you know what? God bless you, Kylie. We hope uh, if we never see you wrestle again, it'll be super sad. But I'd rather just pick up a thing knowing that somebody wrote an article about how you had a great recovery and life went on awesome for you. 
So let's Amen. look at it that way. Amen. All right. Uh, moving on, uh, we have coming up this weekend, uh, New Japan's power struggle. Uh, we'll be talking about that next week. Uh, if we didn't have an AEW thing that we'd highlight, we might even have highlighted the New Japan struggle. But unfortunately, this is not going to be a four-hour show like New Japan. So we'll just say I do know the main event is uh, the key match here. And uh, it's an interesting matchup. And I know, Ellie, I'll give you a quick... Uh, quick uh, prediction of who you think we have uh, Tetsuo Naito who's the current New Japan IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental champion holds both belts putting them up against evil um, Elio who are you picking to come out of this match Naito yeah I'm gonna have to too uh, evil won that belt uh, and had lost it back in his first defense back to Naito just this year um Evil, of course, running along with uh, the Bullet Club. I think he's got a lot more issues coming up with who is the leader of the Bullet Club because uh, him and, um, oh, man. Who's the, who's the Kiwi? Yeah. Uh, him and Jay White have uh, really been uh, butting heads on who's really the leader of this. I think that's where their story lies and more so. And I think Naido, he's got a date so far coming up with uh, Koto Ibushi, the winner of the G1 this year. But Ibushi could easily lose that to Sonata. And you know what? There's a part of me that thinks he actually might lose it to Sonata. And I think Sonata versus Naido, two members of Los Ignobles fighting each other in the main event at Wrestle Kingdom sounds much more exciting than seeing Ibushi once more. I think that's the pick coming up here. We were so, talking uh, about uh, who's Kenta facing. He's uh, facing uh, Tanahashi. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure Kenta is not going to lose that no. to Tanahashi. Tanahashi is he's become the veteran who's you know his name, but you know it's not really time for him to carry belts anymore. He's too yeah. banged up. So uh definitely uh look at Kenta who's really trying to make a raise there. Now let's get into uh our hot topic of the week. Okay. Now, last th we listened to this week's WPOV wrestling, and boy. Uh, we got hot. The three of us to hear the I guys, <laughs> the guys at WPOV to not only put down Layla Hirsch, who's a new girl, uh, saying, no, they didn't understand. They, she didn't make any slow. Then to put down Serena Deeb, who we have really thought has been a great breath of fresh air within the AEW yeah. ranks. Mm -hmm. To hear them go on about she, they don't see anything in her and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Then, you know what? As I was kind of arguing with Rick Serrano the third about this, something popped up in my mind and I'm going to share it with us right now with you fans. And it'll probably hopefully clarify some stuff and hopefully you can move forward better with this. And it is the fact that the guys at WPOV wrestling spend all their time watching WWE product very closely. And then they take a tiny little glimpse at AEW and can't understand why they don't, why people like it. And on the other hand, you have us over here who spend all our time looking at AEW and other stuff and can't understand why they're so hot on WWE stuff. And that's where the problem lies. We see things in our point of views because we're trained for different things. We see AEW as a growing thing that we wanna watch how it goes. So we go in and we give the people that chance because it's what we cover. I'm sometimes biased. You know, I've met Christopher Daniels and interviewed him. I've met uh, Scorpio Sky, I've met Frankie Kazarian and Kenny Omega. So these guys hold a little bit more because of that personality, and I'm more willing to give them that stuff. Oh, oh hang on a second, hang on a second. Yeah. Here. Oh. here, here, you, you drop some names. Here, you can have those back. <laughs> no, but these are these are I, the direct <laughs> names that on AEW that the guys at POV 
wonder why we're always talking about, oh, what's the deal with Kenny Omega? Like, oh, and we talked about this earlier. Is AEW is a new company? It's a year old. And if you didn't follow along the indies, you might not know a lot of these wrestlers. And you might not understand that guys like Kenny Omega is when he was in New Japan, which was on the other side of the world, people considered him the best wrestler in the world over WWE wrestlers. He never wanted to go to WWE because he had a fallout in OVW and quit and never wanted to go back. So when he comes over and you don't watch it, but you hear the trickle over, you think, well, who is this guy? And then he spent the last year developing others instead of himself. So which left the guys at WPV going, well, why are you guys even talking about this guy? He does dick, you know? Well, this is what happens when we talk like this and then we put down WWE NXT because we go in cold. We only watch the show for the one thing. We don't know the backgrounds and stuff. So we're kind of like, uh, we sound like the AEW fanboy. Yeah, sure we do because we don't really know enough about the other show to really contribute as much. But on the flip side, every time you have Tony Diaz saying, AEW fanboys, well, you're becoming a WWE fanboy by saying that because you're not giving the AEW the fair look. You're glossing over yours. We do the same. So I guess really the challenge now is for us as we expand and watch more and more of the products together, that we have to get past our biases towards that and just be honest. You know, I have to, if times of Kenny Omega is being the kind of, I can't take the fact I know who he is and what he can do. I have to take the fact of I'm watching what he's doing now. And does this cut the mustard or not? I can't go over to NXT and say, oh, um, Finn Balor, uh, oh, I know he's done this and that. No, I have to be like, well, what is he doing at this moment? What has he done for me lately? Right. And that's the only fair way to do these. So we're not going to keep we're not going to keep falling into the thing. We're going to have those things. They don't understand. They didn't understand Serena Deeb. Well, we do because we also watch NWA. We also know the things she does on the independence. We know about her. So we know what she's capable of. And we also watch WWE. So we know Serena Deeb. Yes. We've also, sorry, we've watched more than two years ago. So we know who she is. (laughs) But yes. So preferencing that, we're not going to, I'm not going to attack the WPOV guys. What I did do, however, is we put a poll out there. And the poll was, and I included uh, Layla Hirsch in this, and the poll was simple. Do you feel that uh, Serena Deeb and Layla Hirsch are going to add to the AEW uh, thing? Are they going to make it a better women's division? Are they going to make it, they're not going to make a difference? Or are you unsure? And Andy, first of all, what do you think? Are they going to make a difference, the two of these girls? Are they going to, and I mean, don't look at the whole overall scope of, oh, this is a struggling thing, but could they have, do they have the skill to be game changers within this division? Uh, I think they're a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. I, out of those choices, I will, I will say, unless I can add my own where I can say other and then explain it, I'm going to go with unsure because they're a step in the right direction. Okay. Especially, especially with Serena Deeb. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think either of them have the skill, the personality that you can say, okay, we can build a women's division around one of them, or we can build yeah. a division around both of them. Mm-hmm. But they're a step in the right direction because as we've seen, at least with Serena Deeb, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. she tried to carry Big Swole. That's uh, a heavy and, carry. Yeah. And as, as you said, like, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're familiar with her work. So uh, are they going to make or break the division? 
I no, I can't I can't say that either way. You think they'll but, bolster? How about better? Will they bolster the division? Will they weaken the division or unsure? Okay. This is going to be a very evasive, vague, possibly Canadian answer. Ah, uh, lone wolf answer. Got it. <laughs> yes. Um, they will definitely not weaken it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much they'll bolster. Okay. But like That's I said, it's a step in the right direction because at least with these mm-hmm. two, you know, you start to get a few more of the talented girls. Now we can start to build a division that you can uh, kind of sink your teeth into. All right. Uh, Elio, what do you think, buddy? Are they going to bolster, weaken, or are you think it's unsure of what, they, what they're going to do? I think uh, with the, from when AEW started, uh, this women's division has been weak. So I think uh, these two are going to help uh, make it stronger. I mean, we've nowhere seen, to go but up. <laughs> yeah, we, we've seen we've seen Serena Deeb and what she can do like outside of AEW. So and with everything that we've seen, I think Dola make it better. Fair enough. What I want to say is this: is just on Serena Deeb alone, I thought it would bolster a bit a thing. Uh, what interests me is I was very, I was kind of captivated by Layla Hirsch, okay, because she was doing something a lot different than I've seen at all. And I thought, would anyone else get that, right? Like she, she's presenting uh, something you don't see very often. She's not really doing the MMA thing. Some people would say at a quick glance, oh, she's trying to be the MMA girl. She's not. She's actually trying to be a collegiate wrestler mixed with a regular wrestler in a ring, which you don't see much More at amateur. all from the women's. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, and I wondered if anyone would catch that. But then when Rick Serrano was actually kind of putting them down a bit, he did say, that he found her interesting. And that was the key thing. If a guy who's you know solely on the WWE product a lot found that an interesting step, then that's an interesting progression of character, which can make a difference. If somebody the, who's not really invested as much as we are in watching the show catches it like that, that means others are gonna catch it. So I can only say that they could bolster it. Now that doesn't mean they're gonna turn around and turn this into like AEW is gonna be the best women's thing around. But Elio makes a good point, man. There is nowhere to go but up right now, you know? Poor Sheeta is like the only credible woman in this whole division, you know? She's holding it to the seams. Chris Statlander has been injured. Who knows when she's coming back? So poor Sheeta's left holding the bag with a bunch of girls like Big Swole who are woefully, woefully under-trained or under-exposed. I don't know what her problem is, but there are so many people like that in this division that it's almost sad. It's it's almost those times where you see those divisions where you know it's not a division, it's one good wrestler and a bunch of people just for them to beat. So hopefully AEW can do something more with it. I think the other takeaway from this is just the fact you said, if Rick Serrano III can catch it, anybody can catch it. Oh, 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 oh don't give me more heat with the guy. Come on. <laughs> that isn't what I meant, Rick. That isn't what I meant. I was comparing you to the average wrestler fan who just turned it on. But yes, so... Uh, let's look at the polls, okay? And the polls say 70% of the people polled, 70% said it would bolster the, the division. Here's an interesting one. 0% said that they would weaken them. Yeah. So all that mean stuff about Serena Deeb, if she was that horrible, people would think that she would weaken it. Uh, 30% are unsure. And you can't blame them because, let's face it, they don't have this one year has not been a great track record for AEW women's division. But I think that also kind of goes to what Elio said, though, that kind of you know backs that up, too, is you can't really, unfortunately, you can't really get much lower. So Exactly, exactly. Okay, so next we have 
our interpromotional matchup. And boy, <laughs> would this one be hard? I don't think so. We I, have... will be, I will be the minority in this one because I, I, yeah. Okay. We have, representing from WWE uh, NXT, we have the Street Profits uh, matched up against Private Party, AEW's darlings of the... These are two teams who are actually quite a bit alike. It's almost as if they're aping each other at times, that they're yeah. stealing their kind of... They're, you could almost say Street Profits. Oh, they're the private party of WWF. Uh, oh, uh, private party. Oh, they're the Street Profits of AEW. They're that interchangeable. So this was a tough one. Elio, in your opinion, which is the better team here? Let me go with the Street Profits. Okay, and why? So because, uh, like I was saying earlier, AEW has been around for a year, and our private party was just thrown at us right from the beginning on their uh, first pay-per-view, um, Street Profits, they were sent down to NXT where they got to hone their skills and and get better to the point where they were called up to the main roster. Okay, all right. Ah, uh, Lone Wolf, who is your pick out of these two teams? I am going to say Private Party. Okay, interesting pick, why? I've never really been sold on the street profits mm -hmm. uh i found them to be i found i still find them uh well i know i should say i find them as um especially when they got brought up to the main roster i found them to be overexposed mm -hmm. uh too much talking for me uh nothing i, I want to say nothing special in the ring um Overall, nothing spe nothing special. Uh, Montez Ford, I will give him credit. Uh, his leaping ability, his vertical, uh, is astounding. Because Montez Ford, right? That's the one that yeah. does a, to jump off the top ropes and like. Hell yeah! If they ever have a leapfrog contest, that guy's gonna be like the freaking gold. I want the day. I you know where I wish they would do something where. They would maybe like you know bring the the hard camera, aim it down just a few more inches, so that he would literally like jump off the top rope and jump off the screen. And then, <laughs> man, like that would. So dude's got like mind blowing like that, but um, I just yeah, I don't really buy into it. I they like said it overexposed to me, it kind of like pushed a little too much. I find them to be interchangeable. I'm one of those people that could say you know yeah, six of one, half dozen of the other. Um, and, and maybe because I don't see private party as much and I, maybe cause I, I don't know. I just street profits come on and, and that's, mm -hmm. that's a fast forward or that's mm -hmm. a, a break for me. Private party. I'll be okay. Well, let, let's see what they do. Okay. Now, uh, before I give my answer, I'm going to preface this off by saying right away is the dude in private party looks extremely stupid with those stupid tails and that goofy ass haircut <laughs> of his. Can't stand that shit. Um, and that being said, do you know who I'm going to pick, Andy? Private Party. I'm going to pick Private Party because there is one thing very interesting that I've noticed about the, about the Street Profits. When you take apart the Street Profits, these are two guys that can't succeed on their own. They can't. Angelo Dawkins is big, slow, and boring. He really is. He moves slow. He's boring. There's nothing to him except when you dynamically put him with this other guy who, by the way, is nothing but really what they would call like a spot guy. 
I mean, he jumps around a lot. He doesn't put a lot of psychology or anything into what he does. He jumps around. He's a full character. He's too small to run with other wrestlers. Look at the size of Montez Ford. He's like a light heavyweight at best. Together with Angelo Dawkins, they make a really good team. On their own, they're not that great. They, they need each other to support what they do. One guy's the sizzle at the end, the other guy's the setup. Without the setup, you don't get the sizzle out of them. Full wrestlers can do it both. I don't think those guys could survive on their own. So I take a look, though, at Private Party. Yes, they don't have as much accolades right now as they do, but they're a very young team, way younger than the Street Profits. Um, on their own, they're still developing, but they do have the potential to be full wrestlers. I can see that in them. With enough training and enough time, these guys can make themselves individually good wrestlers. I don't see that in the Street Profits. I know people love that Montez Ford can jump 800 feet in the air. Well, you know what? We're not doing the Olympics for leapfrogging, so um, great. I'm not sure what you're going to do when you get down from your jump, but enjoy the kick to the face. You know what I'm saying? Um, so you're right. In my opinion, I'm going to have to go with uh, Private Party. However, the fans 100% voted, 100% Andy, against us. You son of a bitch. Anyways. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I got to support the people. I yeah. don't know if all the votes are in. I want to recount. <laughs> We're taking uh, this. We're taking yeah. this to the Supreme Court. I uh, want to know who voted. I'm going to sue every single one of you that voted. Yeah. I want Miguel to redo the counts because Miguel is honest. I don't believe that the other guys at WPOV did a fair vote. Rick Serrano III, you're in charge of that. Well, we are putting in an independent auditor by the name of Miguel Cole. He is going to recount these votes. And we're yeah. not going to count any of the votes you tried to squeeze in after midnight of last yeah. night. That's the cutoff. And any people who wrote in your votes, we don't count that. Who writes in stuff, you silly people? If yeah. you email us, fine. But if you're sending in the mail, forget it. All right, Josh Sanders, Street Profits, though, are more well-known and established. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and the other comment we had, and I'm going to have to backtrack something, which I missed out. Uh, Jay Hovel said, got to go with the Street Profits. Private Party has some great prospects, but are slight, slightly botch-heavy at the moment, but we'll definitely get there. Well, that almost sounds like you kind of think that these guys are going to end up being better in the end. <laughs> so now we'll see how that goes, but I'm going to agree with Andy on this one. Uh, there's just maybe a little bit more that I think can be squeezed out of, out of these two guys for AEW. Not even in AEW, but just for the uh, for private party. Now, what I did miss, though, you know what, and I feel remiss, so I'm going to go back really quickly and do this. There was a few comments about our, um, our Serena Deep poll, and... Uh, I guess I just want to really quickly, because you know what? You fans took the time to write in, and uh, let's get those point of views out there. Uh, first one, Rick Serrano third. Wasn't a long write-in from him to get to, but he said, after watching Deeb versus Hirsch, I have to say I was far more impressed with Hirsch. Deeb, to me, was generic, and I have to admit, wasn't too great, okay? After checking out Thunder Rosa versus Deeb, I can see the hype, but her debut in AEW is equivalent to the poor AEW's women's division. Let's not forget this is only two women added to a very weak division. If they're able to add Thunder Rosa as well, I think they'll bolster the vision. For now, I'm just unsure. That's fair. And uh, Josh Sanders said, yeah, I'd second with Rick. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens tonight. It will be, but they absolutely showed us nothing about it. We got nothing to do with these women. So yeah. thank you, AEW, for giving us a shitty show. But we'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, this week, Who's Sean? We're just going to quickly, uh, we're not really going to go over this very much, but uh, they're doing the Who's Sean. Uh, they're matching up the uh, 
Lindsay Dorado or Grand Metalik of the Lucha House Party? Which one is the better wrestler, Lindsay Dorado or Grand Metalik? Uh, I don't know if you watch enough of uh, WWE's. Have you seen Lucha House Party, Andy? I'm, I'm familiar with them, but I couldn't. I not enough to be. Is it which which one which uh, which one were they turning heel there or something? That's the third one who's not part of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what oh, I would have said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll take a pass on this one. No, no problem. Uh, what do you got, Elio? Who's yeah, the better um, wrestler? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Grand Metal League. Yeah, he's he's the one that uh, got the opportunity for against AJ Styles for the Intercontinental Championship. I think he's the more so, talented of the two. Yeah. Which one of them? Isn't one of them Puerto Rican? Uh, that's, uh, uh, I think Lindsay Dorado is Puerto Rican. All right. I'm going to go with Lindsay Dorado just because of my ties to Puerto Rico. Okay. Lindsay Dorado. I've spoken. There we go. <laughs> okay. Viva Puerto Rico. Folks, tune into WPOV Wrestling this week to find out who was the pick and uh, who they picked and which you fans did in the polls. So I think that's all we have to cover uh, on the front portion of our show. When we get back, we are going to talk a little uh, AEW. Well, we're going to talk a lot of AEW. We're going to go over to this night, this week's uh, Go Home Show, and I use that term loosely because, man, do people even remember what the fuck Go Home <laughs> Show means? Because apparently they don't. Um, we're going to, yeah, or WWE sometimes. Um, this was a sad Go Home Show, but we're going to talk about it. We're going to break it down, talk about some of the weird things. There was some funny things. There was a lot of boring things. We're going to go over it. We're going to get everyone else's point of view. I'm the only one saying this. I'm not sure if they share the same point of view. The good, the bad, the ugly, and the Canadian. Yeah. And uh, I'm the bad, by the way. Sometimes the ugly. Um, then, <laughs> so folks, uh, you know what? You can watch this show, or I guess you can hear this show, uh, and other shows that we have on this network, we have the WPOV Global Show you're listening to now, featuring me, Elio, and Andy Anderson as we talk AEW and a lot of uh, independent stuff. You also have WPOV Wrestling, which you can find every Saturday uh, on all the fine same networks, uh, featuring Rick Serrano III and Tony Diaz covering uh, all the stuff going on in the WWE, including their uh, Wednesday Night Delight, where they compare this week's NXT with this week's AEW. And uh, you can also see a, a kind of a neat show that the three of us here do called Quarantine. Quarantine is one you actually get to see. You can actually see the video version of it, where me, Andy, and Elio bring on... Um, wrestlers from all over the world and we talk about different topics and boy i gotta tell you andy we've had some great conversations and it's it's the highlight of my week to sit and talk with and hearing just some of the stories from you and from some of the other guests getting to ask questions i've always wanted and fans have wanted to know and it's just been a lot of fun i i agree it's uh it, it is the highlight of your week to hear me tell stories and uh i i you know we've got a lot of good stuff coming up Oh, do we ever? I'm just going to keep it short and sweet on that. A lot of good stuff coming up. Well, fans, if you want to check us out on all the different platforms, there is iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, uh, Podbean, and Spotify. Uh, Spotify. How could I, I I actually subscribe to Spotify. How could I miss that? So, folks, <laughs> check us out. Along. That's how I help you along. I know. Thank you very much. Uh, Elio? Why don't you tell people where they can write in if they need to get a hold of us and uh, have any questions, concerns, or even suggestions. Okay, so you can write to us on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram Wrestling POV One, and Twitter at Wrestling POV. We're going to come back right after this quick commercial break. And in the, the words of the immortal trolls from World Tour, one more 
out. No, okay, anyways, we'll see you guys in a few minutes. <laughs> hey, folks, welcome back. Uh, as we've talked about all the wonderful things that are available, also know that we have T-shirts available, T-shirts uh, representing WPOV Wrestling and our own T-shirt here for WPOV Global. You can find them at www.prowrestlingtees.com backslash WPOV Wrestling. Say that 20 times in a row. They won't give you a dick. It, it's just, just say it. But anyways, for 1995, we have four different T-shirts, four different styles. All the money we raise here helps, I don't know, orphans somewhere, something or other. But it has something to do with the show. <laughs> You're giving me the side. I'll make this short and sweet. This is some serious lone wolf advice. Yeah. Don't say it 20 times. Say it one time. Write it down. After you listen to us, go and buy a shirt. And what do you hate? Orphans? Why wouldn't you buy a shirt? Anyhow, okay. <laughs> uh, please note we're, that. We're not going to get people... fat checked, are we? <laughs> no, no. We haven't yet. <laughs> Fair enough. We just need, we need one of those disclaimers like, we here at WPOV Global do not necessarily reflect the views of T. James Logan and his views on orphans. <laughs> I, I don't know. We got coming up, guys, an interview with a guy who just appeared last week on uh, AEW Dark. I shouldn't make fun of uh, AEW Dark. Uh, it has its place, you know. Uh, the guy we have in there, this is uh, a guy from uh, the Northeast Territory of the U.S. named uh, Danny Limelight. And uh, Danny's... Um, has a losing match against Luchasaurus that you can see last week, but this is always a great step. This is how you get in there. Uh, case in point, we got to see Layla Hirsch last week on uh, AEW. Well, you know what? She debuted the week before on Dark. That's how you get in there. So yep. for all you brave souls who can watch 17 hours of Dark, by all means, get in there every week. But uh, it is the and breeding ground of people who can might come up to the thing. Exactly. As I say, you know what, you say what you want. And even even for me, I mean, when I was saying to put like the, you know, the funny stuff on dark, I wasn't even saying that as a shot at dark. I was just saying it's like, that's, you know, that kind of content, maybe put that there. Maybe that's going to help drive your, your YouTube numbers or whatever. Like I wasn't yeah. saying that as a, as a thing that okay. way. But yeah, it, yeah. But, it, but as far as what you were saying though about dark it is, is true. I mean, I can't think like, even for me myself, where I mean, I'm older and well, you know, COVID stuff, you know, I, I'm very limited in what I do these days, but if I was given a chance to be on AEW Dark, hell yeah, I'd do it to get a mm -hmm. chance. So, I mean, I don't think anybody should be knocking it because to me, any wrestler that wants to do anything and go anywhere, any opportunity like that, you should take advantage of it. Heck yeah. And we're also saying as a flip side is it's definitely, since it's a YouTube based program, it means that you have to go to the show. Not like you accidentally turned on the TV and, oh, hey, there's some wrestling. What is this? No, you have to actually type in the exact things to get there. So that's more of a niche audience. And maybe that's the kind of thing where you do some goofy-ass stuff. But not not really digging that, okay? And like I said, I'm not putting down it. You're right. Damn, it was funny for that moment. It was a great little thing. But it presents a whole bunch of problems and logistics later on, as we've been talking about, as these matches progress. And we're going to get into that today as some more things happen with MJF and, and uh, Chris Jericho that really brings up questions that we shouldn't be bringing up, but they're right there. And if you're trying to present wrestling as meaning logical, that there's, uh, they try and tell us wins mean something, well, so should logic. And I don't know why we're supposed to forget it every second match. Well, once again, we digress because obviously we're not exactly happy with this week's AEW folks, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Hey, folks, here we are with a WPOV Global exclusive. Young and upcoming star Danny Limelight is going to make a quick appearance here and tell us all about himself. 
Danny, first of all, welcome aboard. Hey, Papi, thank you for having me, man. Prime time. We, you know, doing my thing out here. Elio, good to see you, man. Um, it's been it's been a pleasure. Um, I've been very fortunate and blessed that this year, where most people consider the worst year in history, you know, I, I've been very fortunate and blessed to make it my year, a breakout year. And, and I just want to say thank you for bringing me on, allowing me to tell my story and stuff like that. Well, you know, you bring up a great point. This year has been really, it's been unique with some of the bigger things slowed down. It's given wrestlers who may not have even got a chance to finally shine and show their stuff. And case in point, you, you've been doing some really interesting stuff. Now, I understand you're based out of uh, California. Yes. And uh, you have a home promotion there. Yes. And, uh, and your home promotion there is? Championship wrestling from Hollywood. So, yeah. So, I'm Brooklyn, born and raised. I'm a Puerto mm -hmm. Rican from New York. Um, but I'm a SoCal wrestler. You know, mm -hmm. I started training to be a professional wrestler in August of 2014. Um, and, and I landed in championship wrestling from Hollywood in uh, September of 2015, thanks to David Marquez. You know, he's somebody that I give all my credit to in the wrestling business because what he did was he took some street rat kid, you know, some green boy who, who didn't have that much training, didn't have, you know, that much going for him in the wrestling scene. And he brought him onto national television. And, and that's pretty much where I started to, you know, to blossom. You know, I, I, I'm definitely, I have been brought, brought up and raised as somebody who can bloom wherever they're planted. And I just was fortunate that Championship Wrestling Hollywood was such amazing production was the place that I was planted at, you know. And Excellent. It was Excellent. because of that, that company that, that, that my career is what it is now, especially David Marquez. Now, what, who exactly is Danny Limelight? If, if I had to, like, if I had to, Introduce you to some people. I just met you. What do I say? Who is Danny Limelight? Danny Limelight. I'm the Puerto Rican Bobby, short, stocky, hit like Rocky, come on the block. Nobody can stop me, but I'm not a rapper. I'm the most radioactive professional wrestler. Mi gente, I'm a Puerto Rican Bobby from New York City. I got heart of gold and, and, and I'm a father. You know, I'm an actor. I'm a stuntman. I do it all. I grind hard. I'm persistent. I'm passionate. And I definitely got all the qualities that you need to be successful in this business. And you're very well spoken. I am very impressed. Thank you, Danny. Um, so you know what? We let's talk about some of these uh, unique opportunities. And anyone who's a fan of Global knows uh, two things we love talking about is New Japan Wrestling and AEW. And man, you're hitting both uh, both of these. Uh... Both of them. <laughs> Tell us first of all about New Japan. What, what oh. was your involvement? How that get started? Right here, New Japan. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm very fortunate to say that um, this opportunity with New Japan came out of nowhere. Um, I met Rocky Romero because of David Marquez at Championship mm -hmm. Wrestling Hollywood in 2016 when Rocky Romero had won the PP3 Cup. Um, we developed a kind of working relationship, friend relationship, you know, homies, Asuka, Sasson, you know, it, it just goes together. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we kept in touch over the years. So in 2019 of August, I had my, I made my debut with Impact Wrestling. Um, I wrestled for the X Division Championship. I thought that my performance there was so good that we're going to offer me a contract. It didn't mm -hmm. happen. And so in the fall of 2019, Rocky Romero invited me out to the New Japan tryout at the LA Dojo. Um, I came out to the dojo. I tried out. You know, I did my thing. They liked me. He gave me some solid critique. Shibata was there. You know, it, it was a good it was a good tryout. I teamed with Mysterioso, and we took on the Regal Twins. Shout mm -hmm. out to the Regal Twins. Dudes are dope. They're killing it right now, man. But in December of 2019, I separated my shoulder. And so they told me that I was going to be out three to four months, and I needed surgery. Um, there was no way I was going to let that happen. Um, luckily, I got hit by a car the next week. After luckily? I, <laughs> because, because when I got hit by the car, it kind of set my shit back in place. You're kidding me. Yeah. So the doctors, the doctors couldn't pop me back in 
after huh. the injury. But when I got into the car accident, I hit the side panel. I drive a sports car, I drive a Camaro. Yeah. And so it's kind of like a tight, snug fit. So when I hit mm -hmm. the side panel, it, I hit it pretty hard. And it just like cracked, like right back. <laughs> That is I amazing. Still, I still have like a weird lump. If you look, you can uh, see it right here. Okay, yeah. But I have range of motion. And so it, it <laughs> just like, I went back to the gym like two days after the car accident, started getting the weights back, you know, getting the thing going. And then literally uh, 31 days after I separated my shoulder, I was back in the ring in the same company I separated my shoulder at, which was Ground Zero in San Diego. And I started wow. rocking and rolling. I came back to championship wrestling from Hollywood. Unfortunately, I had missed the PP3 Cup tournament because of the injury, mm -hmm. but I came back in, started rocking and rolling, and, and then the pandemic hit, and I was like, shit, you know, I, I came mm -hmm. into 2020, I had a 2020 vision. I remember I got shirts made and everything, so 2020 vision, this is going to be my year. And the pandemic hit, and, and it kind of, like, set me, like, not into panic mode, but into, like, like super, like, anxious, laser-focused. Like, I started mm -hmm. training harder, I started writing films, producing films, you know, acting, doing auditions, self-taping with my daughter. My daughter, she's an actress, she booked a commercial, like, we were just, like, rocking and rolling that way, because wrestling was shut down. Mm -hmm. And then I got the call from Rocky and said, hey, you know, New Japan, we're coming back, it's going to be no fans, though, studio tape style, we're bringing you in, your first match is against TJ Perkins. Nice, Let's nice. Fucking go, you know. Yeah, like, we're a big I, fan I, of that dude. I love TJ, man. I had wrestled with him right when he came back from WWE in San Diego um, in 2019, the summer before. Mm -hmm. I had just wrestled him, so this was gonna be my, my excuse me, this was gonna be my second match with him. And mm -hmm. I was like, if I could come here and use this opportunity and really showcase who I am, this could be, this could lead to bigger things for me. Um, yeah. What better opponent? What better opponent than TJ Perkins? You know. Oh yeah. So I, I did that. Everything was 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 good, man. It was a good debut. Things started picking up, you know. Then Championship Wrestling from Hollywood came back to TV tapings. Um, I remembered <laughs> when they came back, the first taping, I had four matches that day. So I, I was just wrestling. Yeah. I, like, wrestling. <laughs> and one day I did four matches. Um, and, and, then, and, and then New Japan called me back, and we started doing more things. I started doing more things with New Japan. And then David Marquez announced his primetime live. Mm -hmm. weekly pay-per-view uh, on fight tv and i knew that i was going to be somebody that was going to be on there a lot so i was mm -hmm. making sure that i was ready you know i never i never got lazy during the quarantine i kept myself in the best shape possible i dropped my body fat down to 11 percent picked up weight in the good way and, and i was just ready to be on everybody's tv at mm -hmm. any time during the week and, and then i got the call from AEW uh in the beginning of october and I went out and I made my debut with AEW and I think I had a great showing. Mm -hmm. Everybody loved it. And I just feel so good. And even talking about it right now, like I got like, like my, my hair, the hair on my arm standing up because I had a vision. I knew what I wanted to do this year. Mm -hmm. I manifested it. I, I prayed about it. I really worked for it. And now I'm on TV twice on Tuesdays, once on Fridays and Saturdays. And at any point in time, that could switch up during the week and be somewhere else because I am a free agent. I think mm -hmm. I'm the hottest free agent right now. And, and nice. It's, it's because of every, all the work, all the passion, all the persistency and not giving up and just grinding. And, and it's brought me to where I'm at today. And, and I'm just thankful for it, man. Well, it's almost like it seems like uh, uh, written in the stars. I mean, you, you take an injury that should have sidelined you and then bam, you get knocked back into place like just a week later yep. and and what a great story and then to go on to have some of the best success uh, you know getting chances at things that you've been wanting to for a long time uh what do you see now what kind of future and what kind of dreams do you have danny what is it you're, you you want to be shooting for 
I'm definitely a dreamer, man. I, 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 since I was a kid, I, you know, I used to tell my teachers I want to be a professional wrestler and I want to be an actor. Like, those were my two mm-hmm. dreams. And obviously they laughed at me because I was some, some New York street rat, you know, to them. And I just want to be successful. I, I want to be an inspiration to my daughter. I want, I want to be somebody that she could look up to and, and, when she's chasing her dreams, if she wants to be, you know, she's acting already, but if she wants to be a movie star or she wants to be a veterinarian or she wants to build a fucking tent on Jupiter, she mm-hmm. can do that. And nobody's going to be able to tell her no, because she's seen her dad chase all his dreams. Anything I said I wanted to do in life, I did it. When I joined the Marine Corps, I said, I'm going to be a drone instructor. I did 10 years in the Marine Corps. I was a drone instructor. I was one of the best ones to do it. You know, I, I, I want to be a professional wrestler. I did it. I wanted to wrestle for Impact. I wanted to wrestle for New Japan. I wanted to wrestle for AW. I've done it. I, I wanted to be in movies. I wanted to be in commercials. I've done it. You know, I chased everything. And, and for me, I just want to be a household name. I want to have a legacy that, that that goes on after me. And that starts with my daughter. And I want to be able to set that example for her so that she could burn brighter than I ever could. Uh, that's amazing to hear. That's amazing to hear. Uh, having a young son myself, that's just what a, what a great example, Father. Thank you. Thanks. You know, um, folks, you know what? Uh, first of all, you you. Where are we going to find if people want to get a hold of you? Let's start off with all that kind of stuff. People yeah, want to man. book you, get a hold of you. What do they do? What do they look for? If somebody wants to look for me, they just, I'm not hard to find, man. I'm on, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on TikTok. They just type in Danny Limelight at Danny Limelight on any social media. I'll be there, you know, for bookings. And, and like, they want to just talk to me or set up a podcast. They can find me on Facebook. They can find me on, on Gmail at Danny Limelight at gmail.com. Um, all my stuff is Danny Limelight. You look on YouTube, type in Danny Limelight, stuff will pop up. Go to Google, type in Danny Limelight, stuff will pop up. You go to ProWrestlingTees.com and you backslash Danny Limelight and yes. my t-shirt merchandise is going to pop up there. You know, I have a bunch of different kind of shirt styles and things like that. I'm not a hard person to get a hold of. I think I'm easy to talk to. I'm down to do everybody's podcast. I'm down to talk to people every day now. I started this yesterday, but 3 p.m. Cali time, 6 p.m. Eastern time. I go live on Instagram. I have people join the Instagram live, ask me mm-hmm. questions, just chop it up, shoot the shit. I have so much time on my hands right now. I'm very busy, but I'm very good at time management. I know how to make windows for myself. And that's what I'm trying to do to interact more with the people that want to get to know me, interact more with people that want to ask me questions. And just People that just want to shoot the shit, man. I'm a really dope person. I'm really laid back. Um, I got a movie coming out. It's called Joe Riv. It's mm-hmm. about you know a, a veteran who was KIA because of a top secret mission. Um, so he had to fake his death for, for the country. Mm-hmm. Three years go by. His fiance thought he was dead. His sister, his family thought he was dead. But he comes back to the city because these, these, these gang members kill his sister. So he comes back to the city to avenge his sister's death. He nice. runs into his fiance. It's a lot of drama, action. I do all my own stunts. It's nonstop action. I work with director Miko Sad, stunt coordinator Nick Herms, who was on Transformers, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. He's, he's been a part of a lot of major action films in Hollywood. Um, he, he was on set helping me with that. I, I was able to work with some amazing stunt performers, an amazing actress named Lauren Mendez. It's coming soon. It's called Joe Riv. I play Joe Riv. The inspiration nice. was, was brought from John Wick because me and Keanu Reeves have the same birthday, and that's my dude. Um, <laughs> I've got so much going for me. If you look at my daughter, her Instagram is Lisi Rivera, L-E-E-S-I-R-I-V-E-R-A. She's acting. She's in commercials. She's in movies. Check her out. We out here doing it, Bobby. We got big dreams. We got big goals. I'm trying to be a face for Latinos everywhere, especially mm-hmm. Puerto Ricans. It's not that many of us doing it. And I'm just so happy that people like you are allowing us to have this kind of platform where we can come and talk and tell our stories. 
So I really appreciate both of you guys for doing this for me. Well, you know what? It's always a treat when, uh, you know, we deal with wrestlers from all different places, all different uh, motivations. It's always a great pleasure when you have somebody who's very positive, who goes in, has some really cool ideas and ideals. And we want to thank you, Danny, for, for choosing to, to join us today. And we wish you the best. And folks, check this guy out. He's got a great attitude. He's got a lot going on. A movie. He's got wrestling. He's got all kinds of stuff. Check him out. Make him that name because it sounds like he's a pretty cool dude. So thank, thank you, you, Danny. Thanks thank for you, coming thank on the show. Much. Have an amazing day. Welcome back, folks. We're going to talk about AEW Dynamite. I'm kind of waking up. The, the, the eggnog and is hitting me really good right now. And I say waking up because, man, uh, Andy told me that he almost fell asleep during the show. And so did Elio. And I ain't going to lie, guys. I was sometimes teetering. This was a letdown and a half for me. This was supposed to be a go-home show. I wanted this to be proud and strong. After a very close neck-and-neck -neck battle with NXT this week, there is no effing way that this show is going to beat NXT this week. This this was tough, guys. Uh, I, You know what? Hmm. It's funny because, I mean, obviously, you know, they, they'll they they'll talk about the, the show pay-per-view or whatever, the show coming up on Saturday. And it didn't even click in to me until you said it when we were discussing before we kind of started recording here. This was actually a go-home show. Yeah. And to me, that that's so disappointing that it's like, oh, yeah, like the show, I mean, you know, you, consciously you're watching it like, oh, yeah, okay, the show this Saturday. But it's at the same time, it's like, oh, yeah, there's a show this Saturday. Like there's, there's nothing there. There's no motivation. There's no like very little anything to make me want to go and watch it and that's just disappointing well what is the point of a go-home show mandy tell, tell the folks what a go-home show should be a, a, well a go-home show i mean you know traditionally mm -hmm. that's where you know you, you kind of get everything's comes everything almost comes to a head that it's like you know you're kind of the it's, it's like right before the season finale of your favorite tv show Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you're watching The Walking Dead or something like that, and like all these big things are happening, it's like, okay, well, we have to tune in because next week's show, we know that big things are going to happen. We're going to get some closure. Yeah. And. <laughs> uh, that didn't really happen tonight, did it? <laughs> no, I mean, and I, and I know you said like, you know, like WWE's kind of, you know, there, there was a time where they used to be awesome for it. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I know they're, they're a bit hit and miss, but. But damn, like this was just, yeah. it's like, yeah, like, well, like I said, it's like, in my head, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, there's a show Saturday, but it didn't even dawn on me that this was a go home show, like big yeah. things were happening. Well, that's a problem, you know, WWE has this horrible thing where they used to have the go home show, they worked everything up, and boom, you got to see the final thing on the pay per view, right? Well, now pay-per-views don't mean anything in the in the, really very much anymore to the WWE. It's all about the next day, what happened after the pay-per-view. So the go-home show has stopped becoming of importance. So now I'm really hoping that AEW isn't trying to to try and live off the coattails of what they think WWE is doing. Because guys, your pay-per-views mean something. <laughs> it's you know, very, very much so. And and I and as you were just saying that, like to me, the other the other issue is you know you say like the pay-per-views aren't that important. It's because they're like every two to three weeks. Oh, there's just too many of them. So yeah. how can you have, it's like, okay, here's a show. Here's a show. Oh, we need a go home show. There's no time. You just hit the nail on the head with AEW with their big shows, pay-per-views, whatever we're going to call them in 2020, you know, where they're happening quarterly or whatever. This is kind of like old school WWE. Yeah. Where, man, they should be building up. They should have, 
you know, things kind of coming to a head. But one of the things, and I was going to kind of say this for later, but since we're kind of talking about it now, mm-hmm. part of the issue, I think, with, with it for AEW is the fact that they only have the two hours of TV. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this, yeah. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. it, and it's, but, but at, you know, but then having said that, man, it's like, even if you're doing shorter matches, maybe the matches should be shorter. Maybe you have less matches and you should be focusing more on your angles, on your stories. They're going to drive people to watch this show. I think that's something that's kind of got lost is that, you know, hey, you, you got to give us something here that makes us want to tune in to Saturday, not just, oh, okay, well, if there, it's saturday there's a show i, I gotta tune in to watch it like no man like give us some content give us something to sink our teeth into something to get emotionally invested in like that's and, gone and that being said well it would be nice to if they picked up a secondary show and i don't mean dark and the the, the squash yeah. match show uh my god do not make it a three-hour show no we've seen from raw how really hard that is to maintain three hours yeah. of interest make it a whole separate show and do whatever you can to further stories Hell, even if know. it's an hour show yeah even if it's an hour show but don't tack it together we've learned that's just stretching stretching it a little thin well let's start off with today's show okay Dynamite! uh we open up with uh dasha gonzalez interviewing chris jericho jake hager and santana you know we're looking at jake hager he's all beat up he just had his bellator thing one but you know yeah. it's obviously took a good beating then we have mjf come out and kind of ruin the party of uh, poor Jake Hager and uh, talk about the nonsense about him wanting to run with the, the inner circle. And uh, this part was weird. There, okay, this whole thing will get weirder as we talk about as the matches get on. There's just some logic parts here that really bother me. But uh, Jericho says that, you know, he thinks that MJF is a little soft. Doesn't have that killer instinct. Now, in wrestling lingo, you the alarm bells go off. You know that means somewhere in, in the upcoming match, MJF's going to do something horrendous or unexpected because he's been goaded into it, okay? You'd have to be pretty dumb not to see that coming. And it does. <laughs> we get into MJF and Wardlow versus Sammy Guevara and Ortiz. Um, first of all, anybody want to talk about this match at all? Okay, so this one... For me, this was a one. It was a good opener. I I like seeing this Ortiz a lot better than the whole comedy stuff that he was doing before. Yes, that's a, that is definitely plus. Yep. Um, anything else? Um, no. Just uh, this was a one of only uh, one of the two matches that uh, really stood out for me. The other one uh, wasn't as good, which we'll get into, but mm-hmm. it wasn't that bad. It wasn't bad. But it wasn't good. For me, this was kind of the match where you turned it on and everyone went through the motions and I just didn't care. I just, there was nothing, there wasn't, there was something about it that just didn't draw me in enough, you know? And I, I can't put my finger on it. This should have been a very interesting match. I like Wardlow. I like, mm-hmm. I like all the guys in here, but yep. there was something about it that just, I don't know what it was. The feeling was it didn't really matter for one thing. That there was nothing in that what could could would or should happen in this match that would make any difference in this match, and it's true because what happened happened after the match. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was a very let down, long, boring piece of thing. Not a good start when I've had a long day and I want to enjoy something, but I'm kind of tired. This is the thing that starts when it's you can't jump me off the attention 
you're starting to lose me right in the first match. I was not a fan of it. I'll cover the after things, but Andy, this match for you. Um, you know what? I actually didn't mind it. Um, yeah, I agree with you off the start when you get that promo kind of, well, you're, I don't know, you're, you're kind of soft. And it's kind of like, well, you know, if you're, inter- if you're entertaining the idea of him joining the inner circle, you, you think he'd be great, you sing songs with him, you do all this stuff, and now you're saying, yeah, you're soft. To me, that was kind of like a, huh? kind of moment like a what but uh whatever and and like you said having said that you knew something was going to happen i didn't mind the match uh it wasn't a spectacular standout uh it wasn't what it could have been or should have been i think yeah but uh i didn't mind it for an opener i I had that it was a, a solid tag uh i thought it was interesting that kind of in the dynamic with kind of two sort of with two heel groups that uh the inner circle worked more as baby faces Mm-hmm. Um, I like, which to me, what I liked about that was, and again, like I haven't seen Sammy Guevara outside of AEW, mm-hmm. so I've only kind of seen him as, you know, heelish. So mm-hmm. for him to do a lot of, for what he was doing, uh, and I actually, you know, sent you a message. Me. Yeah. Match. Yeah. So I'm like, man, like I could see him being a good baby face. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's, that's something they got there. Uh, you know, MJF was good, or it was Ortiz, right? That was one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, sell, <laughs> selling, but but hey, selling the injury and with the so you knew like to me, you knew going in that like, he was one that was going to take the fall, which mm-hmm. which was which was fine. Um, and, and I was proud because we you know we we've had some Canadian flavor in this, uh, and just to make sure Rick Rick Serrano was aware, uh, we had a little Ed Whalen Stampede Wrestling shout out. Uh, with uh, Chris Jericho and Jim Ross acknowledging, acknowledging that uh, early on during the match. So uh, that also, uh, you know, I might lose a little in the exchange rate between the U.S. <laughs> and Canada, but for me, it was it was a good thing. So overall, I, I was okay with this. Yeah, it was like worth two, a, a toonie to us, but probably only a loonie to them. Maybe. Or maybe, <laughs> maybe a couple of donuts or maybe a double-double. I'm not going to go donuts. I'm going to go maybe Timmy bit, little bits, you know? A little Tim bits? Yeah, not the, not the donut. Okay, um... <laughs> Uh, afterwards, of course, MJF, which I thought was spectacular, but didn't like the, wasn't, not sure how I felt about the a follow-up of it. Oh, sorry. My, my screen went blank for a second. I thought I lost you guys. Sorry. Okay. Um, so as they're leaving, uh, you know, like, uh, okay, so, oh, we should mention, and, and this is, it's so funny. That's how little this seems to mean is, do you guys even remember that Matt Hardy? <laughs> attacked uh, Sammy Guevara through a chair in his face. It was so like this has been going on for a while and it's just like they're building up to a match that it doesn't really even seem like we really care about because there's not even a focus there. I mean last time uh, Matt Hardy jumped him it was in the picture in picture. If you hadn't been paying attention you wouldn't have seen it. Yeah, yeah. It was very quick here. It didn't seem to make that much of a difference. I just um, It helped with the finish though, right? Because that got yeah. Sammy out of the picture so that Ortiz would tap out without any help. So right. that helps so, with the finish. But And as F- MJF's leaving, all of a sudden he turns and sprints at Jericho and like rams him right through the, the little retainer. Yeah. yeah. And then this is the part that got me is I think that would have been very effective if Jericho had sold it more, that maybe he got hurt a little. But the way he got up and laughed and stuff. He just got up and started smiling and laughing. I was like, wait. It kind of took away the whole, for me, it took out the whole, 
oh, MJF is soft. <laughs> Jericho's laughing off his things. And it's not like Jericho's the biggest tough guy in the world. So <laughs> I don't think it served a purpose. I think it would have had more heightened tension had he actually maybe knocked out Jericho or, yeah. you know. Yep. So that was disappointing for me that I don't know what the th thought process was there. But there I, doesn't seem to be a lot of thought process in some of this. To me, I see and I understand what you're saying. But mm -hmm. upon watching that, I took that and interpreted it as what I'm sure that there was kind of kind of uh, intended was that Jericho was saying was like, oh, OK, like, hey, like, you know, you really take a shot at me. Like, mm -hmm. you know, because he was saying during the match, oh, we like the the clawing, the scratching and we like the, yeah. the cheap tactics. And I mean, and that was essentially a cheap shot at Jericho. Right. I mean, it's kind of like an unprovoked you know, kind of attack out of nowhere mm -hmm. kind of thing. So I, you know, I think Jericho was given the, the kind of the slide. Okay. Like I can, you know, I can appreciate that. And that was how I took it. So mm -hmm. I, to me, I, I'm okay with it. Although mm -hmm. I can see what you said. And that would also make sense too, where it'd be like, you son of a bitch. Like, yeah, you know, you're doing that, but it's, it's, I think I said, Jericho was like, okay, you know, he's, I, I got what but, you're doing. I got what you're doing. But as a go home show, shouldn't it have been like making you want Jericho to have some measure of revenge, not like get up and go, <laughs> okay, you took your shot. Well, I, I, I think to hype up a fight more, you would have wanted like, oh, he took Jericho out dickily because Jericho didn't see come. Boom. He ambushes him. Now it's yeah. payback time. I guess that's why I just felt that could have no, been better. No, that that's that's fair. But I, and I think mm -hmm. if they if they were gonna do that, then it, it would to me if they were mm -hmm. gonna go that route, it would need to be more than just a tackle. It would need to be yeah, that like that beat down. Yeah, but, but he did punch him quite a bit on top of him. But I guess I guess Andy, maybe there's a third option we're missing too. And the third option, and this is me, you know, sometimes overthinking yep, or whatever. Yep. What if it's the fact that this whole thing has been Jericho screwing with him? So that's why he's laughing. He's manipulated him into doing the tougher thing. He's manipulated all along the lines. Yeah. Jericho could just say, no, you're not in, but he keeps getting him slightly to jump through hoops now to be a part of this thing. Yeah. I don't know. That could be a thing too, but that's the over thing. I'm trying to look at it as if you were a fan turning it on and went like, Oh yeah. You know so I, mean? well, I, you know, like me watching it, like Mike said, my mm -hmm. immediate, my, yep. my initial reaction to that was okay like i see how that how that is mm -hmm. um and and again i guess with the, you know with the match happening regardless yeah you're, you're right in that respect it's like okay now i, I want to see more but you could also go back to like okay well how does this kind of play if it goes back to one of our other theories where it's going to be that not only is mjf going to get into the inner circle but he's going to take over and right. get booted out so yeah who knows? Yeah, this story is finally getting a little interesting, but there are some logic things, especially near the end that I want to talk about. Um, next, oh my God. Sometimes I wish you hadn't pointed it out as much as you have, because now, <laughs> holy smokes. Every yep. time that they did a backstage segment, there was a horrible echo for at least three seconds that you couldn't even understand the words. I and then it went clear. Terrible. And you say to yourself, well, how much of a, how much of a Bush League production are you that yep. you can let that happen at all so and it, and you know what it didn't just happen once it happened nope. in every single thing. thing tonight so we get this bizarre thing of kenny omega sitting at a house which he mentions is not his house yeah. <laughs> which not was my very cat, odd. It's not, not my house <laughs> yeah. so i'm not sure what that what, what they were trying to put there but uh he just says you know he's destined to win this title he's won every tournament he's in um they kept showing a picture at the end of the table and I couldn't quite see who it was. Yeah. 
no idea, but it seemed like it was important because they kept showing it. So I don't know if that's some kind of red herring, if that was just a, happened to be in the shot, but it felt like we were being very nudged to watch that. And wrestling, there's wrestling is great for nudging you to, yeah. to certain things to show you later. So we'll see where that goes. Um, I got to say, man, Myro looks phenomenal. He should be the guy challenging for uh, John Moxley, not Lance Archer hiding in the back or <laughs> all the other guys who've lost to him. Or he, he looks like the tearing le- apart Cody Rhodes or whatever. He should be yeah. the legit threat. But no, he's the best man for Kip Saban's wedding. And he gave him a video game. Like this whole video game crap is just too much. It was a cute start thing, but that they're doing actual matches and motivations around a freaking video See, game. This this match that's that's what I was uh that's uh, that was my thought. This match it was okay, but I can't believe this whole thing is over a stupid video game being broken. Yeah, it's um sorry, it's it's just ridiculous. Um they uh I don't know, Andy, come on, a video game motivation. <laughs> this would be like this would be like in the 80s watching saturday night's main event and we get a rare glimpse backstage of you know uh roddy piper and paul orndorff playing battleship and you see <laughs> d7 and then pipe you just sung my battleship and then get pissed off flip the game and now we got an angle yeah this is just and, and the worst part of it. And I don't know if part of me says hats off to you for selling it as great as you do, but this is the most moronic crap that you can't turn. You can't always turn, you know, chicken shit into, you know, chicken salad, you know, but you have Myra. I will never forgive you as if the guy had killed his sister, but no, it's yeah. because he broke a video game controller. And, and, and he talks about like stuff from like WWE booking. Yeah. Like really? That's like that's like some WWE stuff is like Shakespeare compared to yes. what this, this is. is. Like it's and, a waste joke. And Kip Sabian, man. I mean, how did Myro get him tied around his neck? This dude is going nowhere. If he didn't have Penelope Ford, who's just eye candy, he'd absolutely be nothing. You know, he really would. He doesn't offer anything. His mat, his wrestling isn't very good. He doesn't have a strong character or a character of sorts at all. <laughs> how did my what did Myro do? Like, <laughs> how is this? The, they said they'd let him, they pay him if he just took bullshit for six months because this is what it's starting to feel like, you know. Yeah. Um, and he looks phenomenal. Oh, he looks like the best, the best he's ever looked. Guy. He looks like the best looking guy in the whole thing. He looks like honest. the best man. Oh, Jesus. I wondered if you were going to go that route. <laughs> uh, so anyways, um, we have the match. I said, I, I question this. Why would you put Trent in there? Of the two best yeah. friends, uh, Chucky e. T is definitely the one who can get pinned a gazillion times. No one cares. It's Chucky e. T. He's the guy who helps the team. Trent is definitely the guy who holds it all together. So thought it was weird to sacrifice him like that. It's um, perfect that even says in his name, Trent, with a question mark. so um match goes on once again uh not the greatest of matches i've seen a lot better from these guys i I don't know if the first match just threw me off if i'm now starting to be a little unforgiving here uh as much as myro looked good um 
Not sure how much I love his finishing move. It just seems a little too old school. To I hate I hate that name. The game game over. Yeah. Um, well, not, just forget the name. Uh, he puts on a, a move that looks like the, I think the Iron Sheik would be ashamed. Come on, <laughs> yeah. But the way he does it, even Sheik would be like, no, no, no. <laughs> Make it look like it hurts. <laughs> it really doesn't, you know. Don't, don't ever do that impersonation again. Yeah. Oh, you're trying to get you're trying to get an exclusive on it. Not gonna happen, Lone Wolf. Um, you know what it, it reminds me of is? Do you remember when uh, Rick Steiner would do the Steiner the recliner? Recliner, Yeah. And it yeah. looked like nothing really. It just looked like yeah. he was gingerly holding someone. Is that Scott someone. Steiner that did it? Yeah. Hey, sorry, Scott Steiner. So yeah, uh, it kind of reminds me of that yeah. it does not look like it hurts whatsoever because it doesn't look like he's ever really doing anything except gingerly holding the guy's head. He sits on his back, and maybe I guess maybe you're getting teabagged on your neck, and that's why you give up. I. Oh, please stop! Please stop! Please stop. Please stop. Thank you, Myro. Shave. Anyways, um, <laughs> I always got to take it that step too far. Uh, yeah. yeah I'm not a big fan of this match. Uh, Andy? Uh, I thought it was okay. Yeah, uh, when he wasn't horrible. Yeah. He was okay. Uh, it was okay. It, you know, again, like, I, I I love Miro. I just, it, like I said, it's, and I think I messaged you on there. I was like, man, like, he looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, but just to me, it's, it's a, I, I find him to be a waste in this position. And, you know, we've discussed in the past, like, how much input the Premier these guys have, and, and with the writing and stuff, and and this mm-hmm. is, this is why you need a Booker, or this is why you need some other writers. Like it's just, that's I put that blame on the guys because they're the ones. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, maybe maybe it's Tony Khan because you know at the end of the day, I guess he's the one that says uh, yay or TK? nay. You mean yeah, TK? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they said that yeah, every times I, tonight. Yeah, <laughs> so they're getting that over. Um, the other thing I wasn't a fan of, mm-hmm. uh, I don't. You know what? The, the more I'm. The more I get the picture and picture stuff, the more I think I'd, I'd rather just have a commercial break. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? And although, and, in fairness, fairness, guys, this week's, if you took all the pictures of pictures, half of them were done well, where nothing was happening, where they stood around in the ring. Yeah. But even this one, nice though, but this one, though, this is where they had the Dark Order come out and do their yeah. attack. Yeah. I would have rather have seen that. I would have rather had yeah. them talking and their build up, mm-hmm. you know, for, for you know, with, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, again, like that was, you know, poor product placement. I mean, JR likes yeah. to say, oh, it's restaurant quality. Well, uh, not sure what restaurant that was at, but, uh, you know. Genie in there. <laughs> well, you know what, JR? And, okay, God bless Chris Jericho, because sometimes if he hadn't been on commentary tonight, I would have fallen asleep. But uh, every now and then he said the most ridiculous things that just made me laugh. Uh, one time, JR was trying to be serious and said, trying to say how big. Miro is and he said you know in Miro's hands you know the big Bulgarian brute in his hands an Irish whip is even something special and Jericho said yeah first of all it's a Bulgarian whip (laughs) (laughs) that's good stuff yeah yes sorry that made me laugh so hard when he said I know it's dumb but it's a Bulgarian because I'd always say that joke as a kid to my friends oh He's a, he's a black guy. He's an African whip. You know, like he do just whatever, say whatever country. Well, but, I mean, and I remember Jericho doing that once a while back too with somebody that was doing a Canadian. I think it was when Dustin Rhodes did a Canadian destroyer. Yeah, he's, he's not like, Canadian. He's not Canadian. <laughs> he, he's not allowed to cross the border. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can appreciate that humor. So, yeah, uh, I did laugh at that, but that was about the only thing that stuck out so much in that match. And it shouldn't be. If you look that great as a professional wrestler and you look better than everyone else in the company, I should remember your match. 
I don't. I just remember that sad looking, uh, sad looking tap out thing you got going. All right. Um, next we go on. Oh man, another horrible vignette. Audio. Audio so bad. Did the horrible thing in the beginning, but you know what? Did it matter because this was just a shit promo, which in a night full of shit promos because Adam Page sitting there drunk, talking like he's just a Joe Schmo who's not going to win anyways. What did you guys gather out of that? I liked his shirt. <laughs> I didn't get anything out of this one. No. I was a sweet shirt. Yeah. I liked the shirt. That's about I as far as that you oh, yeah. That's fair enough because that's about as much as I got out of it too. Um, we come back. Uh, Taz. <laughs> oh, Taz. Um, this... Chris Jericho had another line here. Okay, we'll go with the line first. When uh, Taz said, uh, let me tell you what I did today. <laughs> and Jericho was like, what did you do? <laughs> Wear an orange hat. <laughs> I'm like, I was dying when he said that. Like, that, that was the only... That was the only thing I got entertaining part of that promo. The rest of this was just garbage. If at this moment, if at this moment I could feel really sad for somebody, I gotta feel sad for Brian Cage. He comes out with Taz, who I don't know if he's really that short, but he looks like he's maybe an inch taller than Taz, and everyone knows he's short. That Taz is a midget. Um, He's wearing this horrible belt that no one gives two shits about, (laughs) and. He gets to say one line <laughs> during this whole promo. He's the number one contender, mind you. They give him the mic. He says one little line. Taz takes the mic and goes, well, sick, Brian. <laughs> Only that's a rib. <laughs> and, but then he's and then he says something about Ricky Starks, hands him the thing, and Ricky Starks, who's like the only credible guy right now in this whole group, and he's not even that big of a guy, no. delivers another great promo. So it's just like, man, this is such a crappy team. These guys have got to dump Taz, get rid of this team Taz crap. They could still stay together. Starks be the mouthpiece for Cage. Cage, obvi- I thought he could speak more than this, but he's kind of showing us he can't because this is ongoing. And when he does speak, it sounds like it would be like trying to see Brock Lesler doing a soliloquy uh, uh, of Hamlet. It's just like, you know, that just ain't going to work. You know what I mean? So apparently we're getting an FTW presence at the pay-per-view on Saturday. Please oh, no. hell yeah. Please no. Please no. Yeah, that makes Just me want to tune in. Yeah. <laughs> right? I, uh, Ricky Starks' outfit I have here, uh, he needs the fanny pack. So I'm thinking from whatever he had, like the necklace and the, yeah. you have like the, like kind of like uh, Dwayne Johnson's kind of famous sunshine boy. Uh, yeah. Pick. I think that's one of the first things I saw. Yeah, he just needs the fanny pack. I think it's tough just because to me, Ricky Starks kind of has like that rockish Dwayne look. Yeah, he has and the so, arrogance to him. Yeah, I mean, which is good, but for me, it's like I, I, I have a difficult time watching him and not thinking like like a rock ripoff. Oh, really? I, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I got, I went the other way with that, Andy. Like I saw what you were saying. But I took it as he's a guy who fits the mold. Not as quite as a rock thing, but he fit the real mold of the arrogant Southern California uh, dude. And so, you know what? That's a fine line. I bet you a yeah. lot of people do look at that and say the rock. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and I mean, I and I not to say that I dislike what he's doing, but just right now at this point, um, 
you know, because he's got that look because, you know, with, with the attire, just to me, it, that's kind of just that kind of character. So mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know, I, I hope that I can get past that, but I also hope that Definitely. he can develop as a character mm-hmm. that it makes me forget, you know, maybe, maybe, and I, and I wish I could say, man, like if he, you know, if he wore something like this or if he did something like this, like I, I'd like to offer some sort of, feedback versus just saying yeah but at this point like i like i can't but it's just i hope for his sake that he can i don't know just establish something more that's ricky starks at least well, in my eyes what if this alternative for me in my mind i guess i did see that but instead what i was gravitating towards more is he remind me of an arrogant south american uh the rich guys from argentina who do the yeah, yeah. Not drug dealers, but they're like the rich snobby guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's a way he could go with that, incorporate. Because I'm not even sure of his authenticity. It, uh, they never really say, and he yeah. could easily be anything. But yeah. maybe you just play it up. I mean, hey, we know how many real Russians there are in the WWE. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, I get that. Yes, very much. Go on. The other thing, the other point, and I think you guys touched on this the, that I also made a note of that I was mm-hmm. actually glad to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, and it almost seems like guys are starting to do this a bit more now. Is that they did bring up the rankings? Yes. Because you know, we talk about that on a regular basis, going, okay, well, you guys, you know, they make this big deal about the rankings, yet so and so is getting a match, so and so is getting a match. Like, why do you have rankings? So the fact that they're bringing it up, but the fact that they're doing that, while I think it's like I'm glad they're acknowledging it. To me, that I don't know if that's almost something like. You know, as a baby face, you should be the one that's kind of like down, being like, "Hey, man, like, yes, I have this record." I was like, just, yes, yeah. So like, it should be the they... bad guys are coming and saying, "Hey, we're number one in sixth rank." You're right. It should be yeah. like some poor guy who's worked his ass off. Why aren't I getting the shot? And people go behind it. Yeah, yeah. Good call, Andy. Because I was the just thinking that too. A little, yeah, a little so, off yeah. there. Okay. Um, next, we have up. Uh, uh, okay, we have Private Party versus uh, the Young Bucks. Uh, starts right off the bat with Matt Hardy getting uh, jumped by Guevara, taken out of the picture. Good. He doesn't like. It's not like he contributes anything. I was to bored by this ever. match. I don't care about. I don't care about this match. Okay, why? What, what was I don't it know. For? I was just uh, the, the the whole the whole Young Bucks the way they're being presented the the um lately you know, with this whole like. We don't even know where they are, heel faces, and they're the, the, if they don't win the championships, they're never gonna challenge for the belts again. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, they've obviously put themselves in a stupid position <laughs> right. because, like, now they have to win the belts. So they're part MVPs of this company, yeah. or whatever they are. So, so, but I guess that the psychology of that is, oh well, I have to watch now because are they gonna lose? But isn't it like okay? Isn't it a little ridiculous that the first match with these guys they come up they came up with the stipulation? I would have got it if if FTR came up with it. The, yeah, the like one and done, guys. You got one and done. Yeah, but to have them them say themselves their first meeting with these guys, uh, I would have felt it should have been more like a progression should have been done here. This is something should have been like their third match where they got screwed out of a match and they almost won the next match. But like mm-hmm. now the belts are on the line and, you know, we've, and, we've had it with their shit. And we've been around for a year and we've seen this idea presented Going once already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess if you're in the office, part of the thing is, well, hey, 
I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a shot at the title. But if I don't win, I'll never fight again for it. I just imagine the scenario where there's like one of the person in the office is like has these sticky notes and went, oh shit, they were stuck together. Oh damn it, young bucks, that was a Cody note we gave you. Yikes! No, no <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was for Cody. No. <laughs> um, I'm going to say now, I know you like this match a bit, Andy. I'll let you get into why, yeah. but I'm going to say for me, it was, um, I wanted to like this match. And I mean, we even talked good about Private Party here, but it just felt like a lot of nothing. And you knew, 100%, you knew there was no way in hell that yeah. uh, Private Party was going to win this match. Yeah. Um, it, uh, yeah, it, it just... I hate that sort of thing when you when it's just that 100%. If you're going to do that, squash somebody. If you're going to give us the squash, yeah. squash yeah. somebody. Don't squash some up-and-coming guys who are just going to sacrifice themselves for yeah. you guys. So go go ahead. What do you got to say about that? I, I, I agree with you said there with what you said there. Uh, I just – I had down that – I thought it was an okay match, decent match. And, I mean, again, like I like Private Party. I'm not a big Young Bucks guy, but mm-hmm. – uh, so you know, it was a good match. Uh, I also have, you know, the finish was never in doubt. We knew who was going over. Um, the other thing that I liked was after the match, how when you had uh, the Dark Order come in for the attack, and yeah. then you know, Page came. Page coming in with a cut with his glass though is to me is dumb, especially it like is an empty dumb. glass. Like, like, dude, like, uh. yeah, you're never gonna see like you know. And I'm sorry, I'm gonna make the comparison to Steve Austin, but Steve mm-hmm. Austin is not gonna run. To, you know, run in, not going to do a run in with a can of beer. beer and his, yeah, like, <laughs> right? no, like we get it. You know, you're, you're a cowboy. You're one of the boys. You're a borderline mm-hmm. alcoholic Leave the glass <laughs> behind. Yeah. You know, unless, um, unless, unless he was going to use it as a weapon. Yeah. It just looks dumb that you're hanging on to like your, like your, your, your one cup. But, but I, 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 I liked having those guys in there and mm-hmm. you know, they had a bit of a tease. And at Do you the think end, the tease okay. went too long? Because nope, it seemed was, to me like it, it. I don't know. It just like either okay, one of you back off now, or one of you take a shot. But to stand there awkwardly like after so long. Yeah. No, I I was okay yeah. with it, and I liked. Okay. I liked how, especially the way Kenny's been presented lately, and and even earlier in his promo, once mm-hmm. he got past the the crappy audio at the start, like there there that cockiness was there. You know, we can see mm-hmm. kind of the heel emerging. And, and so I kind of like the fact that he was the one that kind of extended the fist first for the fist bump. I also did like when he ran out, he actually looked way more concerned. Yeah. Like for the guys, for the, for yeah. the young bucks. Like, hey, what the, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, usually, one of the things I love about Chris Jericho is even if it's someone he doesn't like, he will make jokes, but they won't always be at their expense. You know what I mean? It, yeah. But he said a joke here to me. So for some reason I laughed, but then I was like, wow, this really put down this team is when he, when, uh, when private party came out, did you catch what they were, uh, their weight was what they announced their no. weight. They, they announced their weight as 24 ounces of vodka, uh, cranberry, whatever. And Jericho goes 24 ounces of vodka, man. I drank that ain't much. I drank that on a Tuesday. <laughs> like, <laughs> I that. that was funny, but it really put down the, the private party yeah. when you think about it. That was just like, you just totally reduced them to jokes at that. Not a good joke. Like, you know, usually he doesn't do that. And I don't think yeah. he meant to, but it came across as like, oh, they're just tiny little dudes. 
see, and it's funny you say that because I I, I missed that part, but yet mm-hmm. I remember when they introduced the Young Bucks, and I think they said like three ninety or something like that, yeah. and I remember in my head thinking, yeah, like both these that's guys, like that's less for you know less than two bills of you know a pop, like yeah, not even two. And you know, you know, neither of those guys is over one sixty, so it's kind yeah. of weird that yeah. they listed them that high. Well, I mean, pro wrestling weight, like I understand yeah. that, but it's just yeah, it's funny that I missed that comment about private party yet mm-hmm. you know as soon as i heard like the whatever 390 or something i'm like yeah really well, like, even not even that like, much it's like we didn't talk about this last week but rick brought this up on pov wrestling because last week when matt sadell come out and he announced himself would be in 168 pounds and you're like why would you do that that sounds like a girl i dated like, that's <laughs> like you know what i mean that's a small weight for a mad wrestler yeah. but uh yeah, so like I said, this I had a hard time getting into. There just wasn't much to get into because you knew it was all fake. And oh, I hated this part. Okay, I hated how long the guy from uh, FTR sat on the turnbuckle forever and ever to wait for the run in instead of jumping off. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know if their timing was way off or something, but he basically kind of sat down and went, "Okay, guys, come on out and do your thing." I'll yeah. Wait. That just looks so bad. I, I did not like that. Um, and you knew it was, I don't know. Like I said, it to me, it almost became a throwaway match and it shouldn't be a throwaway match. And man, Matt Jackson, bad actor. Holy shit. Even through all this whole match, just over actor. <laughs> you know, it was just like, wow. Did, I was see again. Little... I was again. I'm like a little kid with sugar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very mad at the FDR. <laughs> did he realize like, his almost... four T's? He, I was gonna say he's almost did, like a mad New Yorker. Did he yeah, take? Yeah. Did he take? Le- did he take oh. lessons from Ortiz? He does because you got to do this and then turn the clock. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope somebody's watching the video portion of this because this, this is ridiculous. This is comedy girl. Let, no, anyways, move on. Move yeah, on. Let's move on. <laughs> um, I do also got a kick uh, of Jericho, totally attacking Tony Schiavone through the whole show. Because of how <laughs> Eric Bischoff, because he told him to shut up in front of Bischoff. <laughs> it was so funny. He kept saying, you know, the best part with the young book, he said, best part when they kicked that stupid mustache right off of Tony Schiavone's face. <laughs> Tony's like, come on, man. He's like, no, it was the best part. You deserve it. Shut up. <laughs> um, and okay. Uh, now we See, have some, at the same uh, time, a quick moment yeah. there. As, as funny as we can talk about it, it yeah. is kind of, you have to admit, it's kind of sad that we remember more of those lines and the jokes. Then what happened in the match? Yes. And the worst part, Jericho is not even trying to put the the onus on himself. He's actually trying to to get us into these matches. And the match is that freaking boring and off that we're mostly just keying into what they're saying around things. Um, I like the de-emphasis on Excalibur, by the way. Didn't have to hear his dumb ass very much except for the horrible interviews. That was was the best part about the commentary. Now, I, I think me and Tony have a, me and Tony, I think me and Andy have a slight disagreement here. And that's with Tony Schiavone interviewing Eddie Kingston and the John Moxley face off. Hold on, well, didn't, they have, didn't they have that video of Park before that? Oh, did you really want to talk about that? I, oh. at the audio, I didn't even understand what the hell they said. Okay, did, I did, Okay, what, what, you, okay, Park, right? Did you, did anyone get the hell what the point of that was? The no. audio was so terrible. It was so. Can, that it was just yeah. like I didn't get it is he coming back is it at first I thought because the only snippet in the beginning I heard of the audio was Eddie Kingston saying oh where's your little limey friend 
And then it cut to all this shit. And then it sounded yeah. horrible. Yeah. And then I thought to myself, does that mean he's coming after Eddie Kingston when he gets back? Who knows? They never explained nothing. Yeah. It was a very conf- very artful, I guess. No, I just I, mean because uh, they, 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 they were building it up uh, so much. that, And then... It- and then COVID hit and he got stuck in England. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. I just... I, I did this is one of those things I just couldn't stand. I mean, I even skipped something. I know I skipped the whole uh, butcher and the blade and all that stuff because it's one of those. Do we really effing care? No, we haven't <laughs> skipped that because that came after that promo was after. Oh, uh, is that the one you didn't like? Okay. No, 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 and and I didn't like. No, no, I didn't even say that I didn't like that. I just uh-huh. no, 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 no. Let's let's talk. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about the the Moxley thing though. Okay, Moxley and Kingston. Um, yes, I'll give you the fact it is a dit dumb that Eddie Kingston was always like kind of calling out, this is real, this is real. But I guess because from what I get from the Eddie Kingston character, it fit. It fit his character to say that, that he's this guy with such a chip on his shoulder. He's been very anti uh, show wrestlers, you know. Yeah. that he seems to have his chip on his shoulder that he's always trying to prove to everybody that he's legit real. He's the real tough guy. So I, I got that. And I really loved it for once, this whole idea that they couldn't touch each other. I thought this was super effective with Moxley behind him saying the things to get at the heel, getting under his skin about his mother. And I don't know, it came off to me as one of the best Moxley uh, things that I've seen in a while. And he's been doing some good shit the last of the while. Yeah. The beginning, the first half of his, uh, AEW run here was terrible promos. I've been enjoying them for at least the last four or five weeks. Andy, what'd you get out of this? Um, so contrary to what you thought, mm-hmm. overall, I didn't mind this. Okay. Um, I really liked the intensity mm-hmm. from both guys. Uh, that was good because that, and that's how it should be. Uh, Kind of like you said with the with the note. It's funny because you say the no touch thing. Yet you know they're still like you know nose. Yeah, to, they're they're toes to nose and pushing like, each other. You guys are you guys are touching. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll, this is I'll, wrestling, maybe, not logic. Go yeah, on. I know. <laughs> Trying to make sense of a nonsense. There's no logic in wrestling. <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, I and I'm not even gonna harp on that because I get it. Um, but yeah, no, I can see what you're saying. But at the end of the day, to me. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to present the character, I already, I already buy into the Eddie Kingston character. Mm-hmm. So it actually, like I said, for me, it was a turnoff to okay. hear him say, "This is real. This is real." It was like, like, come on, like, it's like, okay, so everything else isn't. I guess, I guess, though, for the flip side, and just really quick, is I didn't take it as him saying the situation was real. I think for me, I took it as what he was saying, his feelings for Moxie, the hate, that part was real. Like, you know what? We may do these things and they may give us lines. This is real, man. I fucking hate you for what yeah, you're so betraying me, you know? Maybe. That's that's how I felt. Not like, yeah. oh, this is the real part of the show, unlike the, like, because they've done that. WWE's yeah. done that so many times. This is the real part. So everything else is bullshit? Yeah. And that, yeah. and that 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 was kind of my interpretation of it there. Okay. I, I think, so may, maybe for me, just because, you know, when we talk about suspension of disbelief mm-hmm. and the fine line and, you know, mm-hmm. we let it go here, but not here. Like I said, I already buy into the character. I, I buy into the story and I'm not a big Moxley guy, but I buy into the story. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, to me, 
just again my interpretation of it you know for him going this is real and for like repeatedly this is real this is real this is real this is it, it's just you know like that's like something like i'm the best i'm the best i'm the best look if you have to keep saying you're the best you ain't the best yeah so for you like and that's how this was for me is like, yeah this is, I get this is real look dude it's a show we get it and you're trying to make this as real as possible mm-hmm. if you would just stick to everything but this is real i would buy into it even more now the only weird thing i find about eddie kingston i've been really enjoying his intensity i've been yep. enjoying his uh ferociousness his presentation but man i do not like the way this dude dresses when he's out there like for wrestling, especially yeah. his wrestling garb makes his body look overweight and terrible. And I'm sure it's That's not, yeah. but he looks, he looks like he's like a 25 year old with a 40 year old's body in wrestling. And it's like, that, yeah. I would, and, and there's way to hide that. You know, that yeah. there's different things. He could be wearing gear that doesn't take away from his character. That would accentuate Ex- things better. Accentuate the positives, hide the negatives. Yeah. Instead, he honestly looks like the poor guy who didn't, couldn't afford wrestling gear but he got his chance so he just threw his sweats and a t-shirt on i'll agree with that and i'll also agree with what you said like and and maybe that's one of the things and maybe that's why for me you know Mm -hmm. i kind of had the issue with with this is real and my interpretation Mm -hmm. of it is you know we we talk we talk about in you know wpov quarantine with a lot of different Mm -hmm. shows and even here about about emotion and emotional connection and and buying in Mm -hmm. and eddie kingston is one of the the few guys where mm-hmm. the emotion he conveyed the fact that he's conveying this emotion like that like you said that ferociousness everything mm-hmm. is believable mm-hmm. and i can i can accept it i can buy into it i can suspend disbelief that's why i you know mm-hmm. I, I i like it and, and there's not enough of that there's not enough of that in pro wrestling today period yeah true that eh so I, I, it's good. I like that, and I, I wish, I wish we'd see more of it. Okay, yeah, and I, I got to agree with that. Like, um, huh? There's just something like that part where he started talking about his mother, and just the way Kingston reacted, he reacted. It seems so real. Like, yep. here's a guy who wanted to turn around and punch you in the face for talking about it. He knows if he does it, he's going to lose the one chance he's waited 18 yep. years for. So you could see it in his face. You could see him, like, going through the emotions. You believed it. Yes. And then you also saw Moxley, who also was brilliant here, knowing he was needling him, trying to get him to go over the edge so he would blow his title shot, but at the same time vindicating how shitty Eddie's behavior was after all the things that Mox had done for him. Yep. That was some really good. That was great, man. Uh, I really enjoyed that part. Okay. I'm going to have yep. to say that. Um, so, all right. Uh, how about you, Elio? Did, did, did you want to weigh in on any of this? Yeah, no, uh, this, uh, this, uh, I really enjoyed this one. I, I've enjoyed uh, Moxley's uh, promos as of late. Uh, like you okay. said, like you said earlier, they're, they've been a lot better lately than uh, his early run, the early yeah. part of his run. Yeah. Got to give him that. Okay. Do, do, does anyone want to touch about the POC thing? I mean, we, I've said no. what I've said about it, but. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it just, I don't know. They're going to have to fix their audio because POC went through a hell of a lot of work to get a cool package that was totally turned to shit because of bad audio. Who knows what the fuck it was about? 
you know, and and it, it, and when you see that, we don't care. When you present that, we just turn the channel. <laughs> so sorry, Pac, but they screwed you over. Yeah. Um, then we had the stupid thing with um, uh, the natural nightmares, the butcher's blade, the quick recap there. Uh, do we really care? No. I would like to speak on this. Okay. <laughs> yes. By all means. No, no, it's probably not the reason why. I actually am okay with this mm-hmm. for the simple reason of when they first started the promo mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, they're talking about, oh yeah, like we want this challenge for the butcher and the blade. And look, like we've talked about in the past about, you know, the butcher and the blade and why are they put into this four-way tag for yeah. contention and this and that. So as they're starting the promo and I'm thinking, I was like, why would you guys who we haven't seen in forever, you know, why are you picking a match with the butcher and the blade? Unless it's like, oh yeah, well, they're low hanging fruit. So we're, we're going to beat them. Yeah. Like, so literally in the first few seconds, I'm like, why, Point. why, yeah. why? And then the attack happened. Yeah. And you know what? On a very simple level, mm-hmm. it gave them a reason. It gave some motivation as to why this match is happening. Mm-hmm. Because you know what? If this didn't happen, we'd be talking afterwards or we'd be talking next week and saying, Why did they do this? <laughs> why did they do this? Who cares? Yeah. So at least, you know what? I mean, because typically with, with a wrestling show, you know, or a good wrestling show or a big wrestling show, it's going to be your top maybe two, three matches. Th- those are usually going to be like your main draw for mm-hmm. why you're going to watch the show. You know, you're going to watch it because of Moxley and Kingston. You're going to watch it because of Omega and Page or whatever, like your top matches. So everything else is is bonus. But at least if you have it there and and you're giving us you're giving us something, you're giving us a reason this match is happening. I'm OK with that. So mm-hmm. that's why with this, like I said, it was literally the, the first 10, 15 seconds or whatever was me going why are you challenging these guys? And then the attack happened and it was nice. It was simple. You know, they beat the heck out of them. They knocked down the, the background and all that stuff. Good. That's okay. There's a reason. Yeah. Okay. I guess, I guess to the, I've got, I've been trained to the point where uh, you see Dustin Rhodes and I'm kind of like a little bit like, well, he's getting up there and he, you know, he's usually for fodder right now. Okay. But, but QT Marshall, like you know what I mean? Yeah, There's, yeah. He's like a black hole of charisma. It just sucks out the charisma of everything around him. And <laughs> even with the girl coming back, and she's like, "Yo, thanks yeah. for all the gifts. Your credit cards are maxed." Like yeah. I had a, ch- I had a chuckle with that. I mean, and that was good because that was just, yeah. that was your distraction. And then you know the guys attacked. Fine. It, it, you know what? To me, that that was almost more of a credible buildup for a match for Saturday night. Than a lot of their other matches. So true. So true. Like now, you could have done. Sorry, you could, you could have yeah. done similar things. You could have done a little bit more with that with a lot mm-hmm. of the other matches, and and, and got in. You know, like mm-hmm. everything. You know, kind of that little. Here's our last little juicy tidbit to try and hook you in for the go home show. But but you know what I mean though. But it's like yeah. it's like those kind of things. You know, rather than, you know, rather than the, the maybe rather than the match with the Young Bucks and, and uh, Private Party, you know, if you weren't going to give them a quick little squash, then maybe you had that little bit of more interaction with FTR. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you could have had a little more with, oh, never mind, we'll talk about Darby Allen. Yeah. After. Okay, yeah. No, yeah. No, no. 
you just you just by you doing your Ortiz thing, you just made me feel very sorry for Santana. It's like the second week in the road they brought him to national television where the extent of him was being <laughs> that's it. Whatever, <laughs> man. Hey, he's there. For that? He's yeah. there. He's on TV. You make the most of your time that you got. That's you're getting paid. Yes. Now I laugh because I sent you this as soon as I seen the name pop up, I went red velvet. Here's Kim. She's going to get a shit kicking. And then soon as I send that, I noticed she's standing with Brandy Rhodes. I'm like, Oh shit, maybe I'm wrong. Nope. I wasn't actually. Uh, Nyla Rose still came in. And uh, first oh, off, I, I don't give, I don't give Nyla Rose credit very much. The new look of what she was wearing was effective. I thought that was the best look for her I've seen. Okay. So she comes out, she's got that look. Um, but then she gets destroyed. <laughs> I mean, Red Velvet just destroy gets destroyed by uh, Nyla Rose. And uh, which I didn't understand what was the point of Brandy Rhodes being in there. It, it didn't make sense. It was just a chance for Vicky to come out. And Vicky, by the way, Oh my God, she's annoying. Okay, I think they're I think they're uh, they're uh, moving towards a Vicky Guerrero Brandy Rhodes feud. So what? They're gonna have Vicky in the ring again? Well, you know what? She's not any worse than Brandy. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's pretty. <laughs> it is. Oh my Lord! It is pretty sad that uh, Brandy Rhodes is such a bad wrestler that Vicky Guerrero could probably have a match with her and it would be incredible. <laughs> what the hell, Andy? I have heat with Nyla Rose because she oh. stole my gimmick. <laughs> I had an idea to do this, this dollar store magic. Uh -huh. And then I see Nyla Rose show up and I get close. So if, you can, if, if you're actually watching this episode, I've yeah. got a very similar look to Nyla Rose right now. <laughs> this is also the same yeah. kind of thing she came in. Okay. Right? But I, I was actually talking about her gear, not her thing, but oh, I just went using her. Her body looks awkward, this, but uh -huh. and I've had I've had this idea that I and I almost did this with one of the last PWA shows. Yeah. Uh, actually, going back to going back around Halloween, and mm -hmm. I had this, and I was like, man, like I want to use this, I want to use this, and then of course COVID hits, and I had to get a chance to, and then she shows up, and I'm like, man, she must be shopping at the Dollarama in Jacksonville because she's got the same <laughs> mask as me. Um. Okay. So, so I hope Rick Serrano can watch this because I know he likes dressing up and, and playing wrestler and stuff. Oh, so here's, here's oh. my little, there's my little thing there. I, you know, I never Sick thought burn. I was going to dress up for, uh, for one of our shows. I was going to dress up looking like Nyla Rose's entrance, but here we are. Sick burn on the American. Eh? Good job. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, I, I was, it. I, you know what, now that I think in my mind, yeah, she was wearing something. I was just, it's whenever I see her come out, her body is so awkward to what she's wearing. It just, it's distractingly weird. Today she was wearing the clothes she came out with actually enhanced her character for a change. And I wasn't even paying attention, but you're right. She did have a face thing on. Um, I still don't get what the point though. Like I said, they have Brandy Rhodes out there to watch Red Velvet get her ass kicked in two minutes. I My, my, my thought was, so Red Velvet's gonna join the, the Nightmare family? I hope not, because they don't need any more losers. Uh, they have QT right. Marshall. <laughs> well, uh, now, now they also have the Gun Club and uh, Lee Johnson. Oh, we're going to get to that horrendous <laughs> that's terrible. later. Yeah, but, that's, um, that's terrible. 
Okay, so uh, they have this, pull, they do this thing, and this is, I want to get into this part, and I want to see if you guys notice this. Okay, so the match ends, uh, Vicky comes out, she's like throwing sheet at Brandy, Brandy can't do dick, so Brandy just slithers off with Red Velvet. Uh, Vicky goes over, starts um, saying some stuff to Sheeta. Sheeta grabs her, and then Nyla Rose comes in with what it had to have been the lightest punches I've ever seen in my life. I mean, she might as well have just pet her on the head, but she was winding up and then slowing down. And it was so badly done that there was a girl who was trying to hold Sheeta back to help her, who took three or four of those to the head and didn't even flinch until she realized she should have flinched. <laughs> And then went, oh, oh, and she backed off. And I'm like, oh, God, this looks like. And then Sheeta would turn around and slap a very credible hit to Nyla Rose looking. And Nyla Rose would come with this terrible thing that looked like a little tap on the thing. And you're like, Nyla Rose, you really got some shit you got to work on, girl. Because yeah. that did not look good. It looked so bad. Uh, and that was the funny part. She gingerly was reaching over. She's hitting that chick in the head with the red hair and the chick is not registering anything's even touching her and then realizes about three hits in, oh, I've been hit. I better start selling it now. But it looked like she realized she'd been hit earlier and she should be selling. It was, it was very horribly done and it just makes me roll my eyes about the women's division. Uh, once again, she did looking like the only credible thing in this division. So Besides, I don't know if you guys uh, caught that, but... Yeah, well, now that they have them in, but I mean, yeah. wow, it was not cool with that at all. Um, then uh, you said to me, because you were you were watching it, I had gotten in, and I was probably about five minutes behind watching it than you were, Andy, and uh, yeah. you said to me, oh, man, these are such, uh, I said something, what the, what the hell is with the sound? Then I said something like, what the hell's with this promos? They're garbage, right? Yeah. And you thought I was talking about the Darby Allen one. Yeah, but I was also talking about the when the Darby Allen one. You were right. We'll get to that. But yeah, holy, what a crappy bad uh, promo package between Kenny Omega and Adam Page. Okay, yeah. now I've seen a tag team. We're not going to name them where they do uh, a spoof. Is their entrance is a goofy ass uh, takeoff spoof fight song like you know, uh, and I think they use it from Dodgeball, right? Uh, they use the, the average Joe song, right? And it's yeah, yeah. it's it's funny in that context. But they took that same kind of song, applied it to the serious feud, and all it made you do was go, what the fuck? Are we in WCW 1999 when somebody just liked the song and so they just put a package together with yeah. it? It was so ineffective, gave you no real good emotion, no connection to these two guys. It, if anything, it looked like a bad parody of what a tag team should be. That to me was something that should have, that could have been on like Southpaw Regional Wrestling. Yes, that's what it should have been. It was a parody, but I don't know. Are we missing something here, Andy? Was it supposed uh, to be? Were they trying to tell us that they never were a team? Am I overthinking this? But all I know is I thought if you turn that on and you were a kid today and you saw that, you would have turned that shit off. I to me, it's like hearing that. My first thought was, okay, was this Jericho's idea to use this song? Yeah, it seems like something he would do, doesn't it? And, and 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 like you said, it's like oh, someone just liked the song. Like oh man, I'd love to make a video to this song. All right, yeah. let's do this. And that's you're right. That that's. Uh... I'm sorry, but if you're trying to do a series, and this is supposed to be one of the big series blow off feuds, and you're using Cinderella, don't know what you got till it's gone. Oh my god, this is not the place for that kind of song. No, that was terrible. a terrible song to use. 
Uh, yeah, and well, I'm not even discounting. It's an okay song, I guess, in some ways. No, but it was, it was terrible but song for this. For this, for this yeah, video, for this, it was terrible. Yeah, it's it's, it's funny because I mean, you said like, oh, is this WCW 1999? Like I said, like I said, with the kind of the, the South Pod joke. Like to me, this was like an 80s. Yeah, an 80s video pack. I should have said that. Actually, you know what? I thought of that too afterwards. It was like when you saw those like UWF or the old yep. like 86 matches, and they'd be like yep. some generic heavy metal player. Exactly. And, uh, but then it didn't get any better because Darby Allen at the beginning of the video, I'm like, huh, this is slightly different. And then it was just so stupid. Oh, he gets in I a car and runs over and runs over a guy who looks like Dusty Rhodes. Or sorry, with Dustin Rhodes or Dustin Rhodes with Cody Rhodes, the, the mask or whatever mask thing. Yeah, go ahead, Andy. I got nothing out of this shit. I, uh, you know what? I can't even. Have, there's not even a lot for me to say. I had Darby Allen promo. WTF. I got nothing here. This was just bad. What the? Just garbage. I'm sorry. I, you know what? I we're recording this in the evening, and it's like kind of like close to almost past my bedtime. I do not want to give any more time, attention, and energy and effort to this promo that's taking away from my sleep. And let's face it: the more this stuff happens, the more I'm caring less and less about Darby Allen. He's oh, not being I, any kind of he's becoming a parody joke of something. Yep. I don't get it. Um, all right. So then we get to the main event. Okay. And I gotta tell you guys, I thought last week's main event was underwhelming. This was garbage. Uh Cody and the gun club. Ugh. There's a reason why we've never seen the gun club on AEW <laughs> Dynamite. Because this they is suck. Because they suck. <laughs> um and uh, uh, Austin Gunn gets to win in this one. Yeah, uses Cody's finisher and then another <laughs> finisher to win. Um, this this match, I could not get into any of this. It was dumb. And then the very okay. So then we get uh, Orange Cassidy come out, attack uh, John Silver as a replay from uh, John Silver attacking him, which we didn't mm. really kind of mention earlier. Um, then we get because uh, the match was so dumb. There's nothing even to talk about. You knew that the the, the, you knew the Dark Order had no chance because there was like the, the most generic parts of them thrown together here. Mm-hmm. Um, then Cody grabs the mic. And first of all, we talked about this. You you said like, what an incredible waste of pyro. Um, he Cody, who is the secondary champion, gets uh, an entrance that is always 10 times more spectacular than Moxley's. Um, although, you the, although, you know, just, just a quick side of that. Even with the fact that Moxie's intro is supposed to be, you know, he's like the haha, the lone wolf kind of thing, kind mm-hmm. of coming off like that. But yeah. just the fact that, so I mean, I'll even let that kind of slide. Mm-hmm. But overall, just it's, it's, it goes back to why does he get all this pyro and everything? And uh... okay, have you guys ever seen The Running Man? The, the Arnold yes, Schwarzenegger? yeah. Okay, do you remember when they had the, the, the two spectacular hunters? One, I think, was Jesse Ventura, maybe? Yep. Oh, yeah. okay. Are you talking about, about Predator or Running Man? No, no, Running Man. Running Man. Running Man. Running Man. Uh-huh. Okay, and so there's a scene where they show them coming onto the TV, and they have this dynamic, blah, 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 right? And they come out, and they're this, and then the cameras go off, and they're just like, oh, fuck, man. Yep. You know, they're taking That's how Cody makes me feel out of this. Not like It's like he's playing this role as a puppet thing, and then, you know what I mean? It just yeah. comes off as so overly hammy. It, it's it's so overly done that it can't be taken seriously anymore. It's just like, wow, this guy must think he like 
he must fart glade air freshener you know like <laughs> he really thinks he's the end all and be all when you see this because it's it's just wow who thought that you know, i don't get it the greek gods came down and wrote you this like yeah okay i'm not gonna lose my mind here but cody rhodes just this is what the bad thing about cody rhodes for all his great work ethic is is sometimes he just has so much of an over importance of itself it makes you doubt that he is legit as a person you think he's just a character that he plays um and then he gets in this match does some great stuff and then at the end he turns into a villain by calling the, the stuff he starts calling out to darby allen at first i liked it uh showing the hypocrisy but mm -hmm, then yeah. it just went so far in the way he did it is like okay so once again we're back to is cody a good guy or is he a bad guy who knows? Because Darby Allen, is he a good guy or bad guy? Who knows? He runs people over with cars. Like, <laughs> way to divide what you're trying to. This is your main event, or they're almost making it seem like it's your main event. Uh, you know, which is sad too that they're putting this over John Moxley's match. No, know? no, right, right, right now, Darby Allen is just Sting 2020. No, yeah. no, Sting was cool. <laughs> and a lot taller and a lot heavier. <laughs> More I, 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 I just, and had more face paint. Yeah, this whole face painting. I just had one half. So if you're watching this show and you're very new to the AW and you want to see what this whole main event, this go-home show coming up, what am I going to see? You would be easily forgiven to think that Cody was the world champion and that Mox was a secondary champion. Because the placement of where they had Mox and and Kingston on the show, the way the, the very effective ending with Cody took away from all that drama of this great thing and the thing and made you this like, who is this bad guy putting his belt up against? So I don't know, Andy, you want to weigh in? I maybe, maybe you see it totally different than me. No, no, not at all. I, <sighs> yeah, this was the main event of a go home show and oh you know what let's do it this way um cody looks like he's in a lot better shape yes very much so so yeah. he he was doing some good stuff there uh john silver was looking good mm -hmm. um yeah that was the good <laughs> um yeah I, I what actually blows me away mm -hmm is that this was the match for the go-home show for your pay-per-view and you're giving somebody that's not even on the show the win. Yeah. Yeah. Like, to me, as I'm watching this, I honestly, my thought was, like, okay, so it must be the Dark Order going over. And I was mm -hmm. debating. It's like, okay, well, is it Billy Gunn? Oh, no, it's probably going to be the kid. I said, mm -hmm. but Billy Gunn could take the pin and that'd be good because, you know, it's not going to hurt him any. And, yeah. you know, if John Silver was one to pin him because John Silver's, yeah, he's part of a match at the pay-per-view. So the fact that they're putting over the kid, mm -hmm. mind-blowing. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. And then, you know, even for the, the post-match thing with Cody, like you said, like, yeah, part of it was like, yeah, I'm the one that pushed for you. And, and like you said, the hypocrisy with the office and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. 
I, if, I do want to point this out, and I don't know if you guys recall this or not, but um, Austin Gunn, is that his name? Yeah. Austin yep. Gunn? I don't, uh, up until this afternoon, he wasn't even in this match. Uh, they pulled Scorpio Sky out for a pet top right. positive yeah. COVID yeah. test. Right. So it, okay, I get you pulled him, you put this guy in, fine. But then you shifted and made him the, to take the pin and, and look the strong here. Like, for a guy who wasn't even supposed to be on this match, who's never been in Dynamite, that was a bit mind-blowing. You're right. Like, uh, I don't yeah. get that at all. Um, overall and all, let's let's rate today's go-home spectacular. On our report card, an F being a fail, an A being uh, 85% and up if we were out of 100. Elio, what are you going to rate today's show? I think with a C. The, for this was not good for a go-home show. All right. Andy? D minus. Mm, that's right down there. I'm going to give it a D minus because th- it should have been a go-home show. And not only that, it let me down. I look forward to all week to thinking, what are we going to see tonight? And man, there were so many times it just never really went anywhere. The, the, except for, you know, when it, I got to admit, I got super excited when Moxley at Kingston, they had me up there. And if they had just followed it up with a good match, Holy crap! They could have got me yeah. back in. I would have, yeah. I would have flipped those two segments around. I would have put Cody over here, Moxley and Kingston at the end. It's yeah. a lot of segments. That would have made more sense. Would have yep. made more sense and left us. With, you know what? Too, it's just like if you eat a half-ass meal, <laughs> and you're just like, no, oh, I guess this is okay for a restaurant. It's not horrible, but whatever. Yeah. Then they give you a dessert that's like amazing. You walk away thinking, man, I'm going back there. Yeah. That could have happened tonight, but it didn't. Yeah, I would so, agree with that. Poor showing this week, folks. Now, before we go, we're going to take a quick look. Elio, can you pull us up the card for this week's uh, full gear? Is that what the hell it's called? Full yeah, gear, yeah. all right. And we're going to make our quick predictions on the matches for today's thing before we wrap up. Now, before right. we go, we just want to include uh, – we're going to do this uh, because we've running so long here. Uh, we have decided to put into the vault this week uh, a match yes. from NXT UK with Walter defending Walter defending his title against Ilya Dragunov. Uh, a match so good, Andy's actually going to take the time out to watch it sometime. Oh, hopefully I can figure the time out. Yeah, <laughs> I got to look back here because there, there's, there's also something. I have to look back at our conversation from earlier. Yes, in the you evening. told me you had somebody you wanted to put into the play. Yep. Uh... Well, uh, Elio, <laughs> are, you re- are you set for the gears? Yeah, I know. I, I have okay, you right. I, I, can I, I, can I, I... Andy Andy gets the floor because Andy has a thing for the book. Yeah, Yeah, I have a thing for the book. Slowly, the great book opens. It's not Rick Serrano III. Um, I officially, after this evening's Mm -hmm. promo... Shenanigans. (laughs) Whatever. I would like to put Darby Allen in the book. <laughs> oh, Darby Allen. I 100% agree with you. Uh, the, the, um, these horrible promos that are just, they either make you go, this guy is dumb for hurting himself or they make yeah. no sense and they're wastes yeah. of our time. I, I yeah. agree. You know what? And I'm, I'm actually going to throw one more thing. Oh, notice I'm saying one more thing thing in the book. Okay. AEW's promo slash vignette audio. 
Oh, definitely. Yes. All right. All right. Do the do the uh, honors, Elio, for both of those. One each, please. Okay, Darby Allen, because you, Sting did it way better than you with your stupid in the stand, whatever crap you're doing. You just made the book. It's not even the stand stuff. It's all the other stupid stuff. Yeah, yeah. everything. Darby Allen, you just made it. Okay. And? All right. AEW's audio. You just made the book. Darn nice. tootin'. Nice. All right. Let's Thank go you, Elio. <laughs> Let's go over these uh, matches. Let's see our picks. Uh, Elio, if you have a okay. way to copy down our result, what we pick, so we can all see how bad oh, yeah. we did next week. <laughs> okay. okay. So I have the lineup in front of me. Okay. And go from the least matches to the main event last. Okay. So on the buy in, I guess they call it, or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, it's Serena Deeb versus Allison K. Oh. Yes, Sienna. Wow. Yes, Allison K is a very good. I, I'm going to say though, Serena Deeb is they're going to want to push her more. Yeah. I think it's going to be a spectacular match. I think Allison K is going to look great, and but I think Serena Deeb is going to take the win. Andy, Serena Deeb for the win. Yep. All right, with Serena Deeb. Serena Deeb. Right. Deep. Three Deeb. Deep. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next we have Orange Cassidy versus John Silver. Who the fuck? Anyways, okay. Uh, it's obviously going to be Cassie. There's no way to go. Yeah, go with Cassidy. All right. Uh, Andy? Unfortunately. <laughs> then we have... Yeah. Okay, then we have Chris Jericho versus MJF. Okay, before we've, we said this, this is the one thing I said where Logic Gap hates it. MJF wants so badly to be in this group. Uh, Chris Jericho is like, well, kind of considering it. But then at the end of the show, the last thing he said is, MJF will never make it out of the inner circle. It's like, then why are you going through all this? <laughs> why? If you, yeah. It's your decision. If he doesn't make the circle, don't even bother. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say MJF wins, joins the inner circle. Andy? Yeah, I'm just trying to decide if somehow Jericho is going to win, but then they still turn on him. Mm -hmm. or... Possibility. I like how we all pretty damn sure he's going to get turned on now. I've, I've convinced you guys enough that he's going to get turned on. I mean, yeah. that, that, I mean that, that, that was my thinking too along the same lines because, I mean, Chris Jericho, every time he shows up now, it's like he's acting like the face. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I'll, I'll go with MJF just because. Yeah, I'll still say, I'll go with MJF. Okay. I'm going to go Elio? with MJF. Yeah, I'm going with MJF. I just think something's going to happen in this match. Okay. All right. Next. Okay, then we have Hikaru Shida versus Nyla Rose. Shida, all the way. You can't give it back Shida. to Shida. Go with Shida on this one. Then we have Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara. Uh, Sammy Guevara. I pick Sammy on this one. Just because it's some sort of delete gimmick match, I'm still going to go with Matt. Ooh, yeah, I forgot that okay. one. But yeah, I'm going to still go Sammy. I'm going with Sammy. Okay. Then we have, for the AEW Championship, it's an I Quit match now. John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston. There's no way they can give it to King. I'd like Kingston to win this. Yeah. I'm going to go with Moxley. He's just yeah. too popular and too big right now. Yeah. And, and Eddie, Eddie's not the heel. I don't think he's the kind of guy that you're going to... Hate enough. Want to build, well, not, not, but just build matches around. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's going to be a pain in the thorn, like a thorn in the side of somebody. Yeah. And that'll be his his role. Yeah. So I win Scott Moxley. Okay. Two, three, four, five, six. Is that it? Six matches? Nope. We have, uh, after this one, uh, we have two more after this. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. I know which ones. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Next I'm sorry, just because you have. I'm sorry because you have the the world title match with. Yeah, it's not the main event. I I, 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 just, I just I just have it listed the, the way they have it listed here. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. that shows you something bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Cody have... is being listed above. Oh my lord. Okay. Go ahead. F- FTR versus the Young Bucks. <sighs> it's got to be the Young Bucks. There's no way that. Uh, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, the I'm gonna go Young Bucks. Yeah. I I'll I'll just to break it. I'll say FTR because hopefully. Hopefully, it won't go that Hopefully way. I'm right. <laughs> yeah. The dumb fucks are getting annoying. Okay. Yeah. And so the main event is going to be. Well, this the last no, match. The that we have there's, there's Cody versus Darby Allen, which we, I know, already, but... we already know. Then I have at the at the top, we I have Pichino versus Omega. Oh, I forgot oh, about this. Yeah, match. I forgot that one too. Yeah. But how sad too that that's listed above yeah. <laughs> the, the, the world champion. Kenny Omega. I'm an Omega. Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega. Fuck, we're going to lose all these, aren't we? We're going to be, we all pick the same, and it's going to be the exact there's opposite. Just, but yeah, well, there's, a, there's well, just. Well, like you, really you really think Darby Allen's going to win the TNT championship? Good. No, I think uh, We can uh, hope not. No, it's fine. What happened to Brody Lee? Did he die? <laughs> like he lost his match, and we've never seen him again. Lance Archer? Well, at least he was in the audience last week growling. <laughs> who, who pointed him out? Like Wardlow or somebody who point, yeah. MJF pointed him out growl, growling in the audience. Wow. Sad. Okay. Tough, tough episode this week, guys. Uh, it's times like this where I'm just like, uh, uh, what a slip up. And then, you know what? It's bad that last week's episode, which was a taped episode, was better. So let's hope for the best. I didn't even, it didn't even feel like it was taped. Last uh, week's no. Yeah, last week. Yeah. Last week felt fresher than this crap. Yeah. Um, guys, I'm sorry we had to all go slug through that. It seems like we went longer on this uh, breakdown of it of the show itself, and this was funner to listen to than watching that crap. Yeah. So, let's hope for the best. Let's hope for the best, uh, folks. Tune in uh, next week on Quarantine. We did a really cool show. Three women wrestlers of various ages, of various uh, time parts from different things, talking some really cool stuff about the questions I've always wanted to know, and I'm sure a lot of you have wanted to ask, a women's wrestler's opinions on these things. As men, we can think what we think opinions are, but we won't really know. We had a really deep conversation here. where We had a lot of fun, but we talked some really serious, cool, interesting things. And I love this one. This was one of my favorite episodes to do and uh, watch it. We got some more stuff. Andy wasn't kidding. I was, you know what I, I'm going to say is it, kind of a bit of a, a teaser and this, this may be good. This may be bad. I think for maybe for a lot of people that are listening, this may be a good thing, but this, I mean, especially me, mm-hmm. but this was probably, this episode will be the least amount that you will hear TJ, Elio and myself talk. Yes. Because we gave the ladies the floor and man, they, they ran with it. They did a great job. 
And on the flip side of this, even though he only asked one question, it is by far the longest tongue-tied, crazy get down, <laughs> a, get down a fucking adventure to get to the question question by Andy Anderson you will ever hear. Oh man! <laughs> With very many apologies and prefaces along the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very very Canadian, very politically correct, trying to be as respectful as possible when and I ask. Very unlone wolf. Yeah. Yeah, this is the probably the most baby face, most sympathetic Andy Anderson's been in about 20 years. So. so folks, check it out. Lots of cool stuff. We've got some cool guests coming on quarantine. I know Andy, you're probably excited. Some of the guys we got that we get to talk to some of these dudes and Absolutely. get there. Absolutely. I mean, if if Les Thatcher comes on, there's so many questions that dude can uh, we could talk about holds and uh, you know, should we should we let out the bag who you've got coming up? Uh, no, on our next no, 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 because it's, it's just one of those things, you know yeah. what, you know, and card is always subject to change. That was one of the things that in is... the wrestling business, card subject to change. That's why when you're booking, you should use mm-hmm. the pencil. I now realize every day I'll use tablets and computers. So pencils, kids, are these little wooden things that we used to write with these tools. And what? they have this like this lead in the middle. And it actually, you could actually you write it down. No, not if you didn't you know, suck on it. like poke themselves <laughs> and stuck on it. And at the end, there's this little kind of rubber thing that's called an eraser. Oh, those chewy things. <laughs> yeah, the kind of chewy things. Although you shouldn't chew them or eat them, but you know, some kids did along with the glue. That's probably how you wash it down. Mm, but yummy. What would happen is is if you made a mistake rather than hitting the delete button, is mm. you would flip the pencil to the other side where this eraser was. The chewy thing. Would, yeah, and you would kind of rub it against this paper which we would write on so if you were like writing like if you were booking a wrestling show and you had these matches and you made a mistake or you had to change the card you would take this eraser and you would erase it's a verb to erase you would erase the name and then you would write down the next name and that was like that's why you know when you book a show you use a pencil because card is subject to change, which is why we're not going to reveal any of our other potential guests because, you know, they may be confirmed, but Hey, it's 2020 life happens. Things are going crazy these days. Maybe they won't make it. So, uh, you know what? Just tune in. Yeah. Tune in. You'll get some cool stuff. If There's some long winded Andy Anderson for you. Just tune in. I know. And I'm not going to, you know, I love hearing you talk, Andy, but today when you were describing this pencil thing, I shut up and quit joking. <laughs> and about 30 seconds in, I literally wanted to hang myself. I was like, that's fair. Ah, this pencil explanation is killing me. <laughs> it's all true. <laughs> it's all true. All right. So, folks, uh, we had a great time. Uh, be kind, be good. You know, all the stuff I usually say, it's, it's not really hard. Uh, we are in crazy times. We're in a COVID thing. We got who knows what this crazy election down south. You, uh, to our American friends, I hope you guys get along. Whatever happens, good do luck, the best be with it. Work with it. Yeah. Uh, we wish the best for you guys. We wish the best for everybody. Uh, have yourselves a great night. Andy, always great talking with you. Elio. Always a pleasure. Elio, great talking with you. Elio, yes, sir. like I say every week, say goodnight to the Ben's people. Ben, we'll talk to you all next week. <laughs>